Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest issue of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. Uh, I am joined in this edition of, uh, I didn't even call the right name, Untitled Podcast by SWN, in case someone wants to sue me. Uh, I am joined this <laughs> week by a fellow podcaster, uh, well, not so much anymore, but a fellow podcaster, Stephen Louch. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I think I had a look earlier on, and I've actually done two podcasts this year, so I think that still counts me as a podcaster in the year of 2020, but only just... <laughs> unfortunately it's just right with our, our remit of, of six podcasts in 12 months for our podcast nah, awards unfortunately nah, I, 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 there's, not, there's never been anything I've nominated myself for I've always just done it for the fun of doing it but I did I just when I'd seen the poll up I just it did make me look and think and then I looked about oh god I did I've done two podcasts this year um, just just crack out like, like four <laughs> episodes four or five minute episodes go that counts in in nominate <laughs> Um, there's, there's plenty of good people like yourself out there doing the gods of work these days, so um, I've, I've had my run. Well, I mean, it's thanks to your, your, yourself and others that have, have taken the plunge and done the podcast, and that's kind of got me doing it while all this, well, there's no wrestling, well, nothing's going on. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll do the first question as we ask everyone on every podcast How did you get into pro wrestling? So my very first memory I ever seen wrestling was it was a tag team match on the TV and it was Legion of Doom against two guys. And I had no idea it was Legion of Doom. I'd just seen wrestling on the TV. And the first question I had weirdly was, do they have a bigger ring when it's four guys? Because that just made sense to me as being like, say, five or six at the time. Um, but how I got properly into it was um, my gran on my mum's side. Um, she had a a boy with what we call these days special needs, and they were both really into wrestling. So they'd get to go to all the shows in Glasgow, and he went down to London and stuff like that. And that's where I would see most of my wrestling, because it was just myself, my sister, my mum and Drumchapel, and we didn't have very much. So we'd go down to my grand who had cable at the time, and we'd watch the shows and stuff like that. So the first one I really remember watching was um, WrestleMania 8, and we stayed up to watch it. So I would have been nine, nine, maybe ten at the time. Went through to stay at my grand's and being up to like one in the morning to watch it just seemed so alien. And just the memory of like kind of being half asleep and then Ultimate Warriors music hit and you see him come running down and he looks totally different from the figures and stuff. Obviously we know now it's like coming off the steroids and stuff. But just see him come back in and see Hogan and Warrior together. That's my first big like early memory. And then just from there, I was just getting the Hasbro's and WWF magazine and the odd video out of global video and stuff like that. Um, so that was my 90s. And as I kind of got more into it, it was when people started to die away from it. So I was trying to be a fan from, say, 94 and 96. Nobody was interested. It's like nobody was watching it or taping it to borrow from them, etc. And then that is your area kicked around and then everybody came really into it. So a lot of... I've always, I'd say I've always been a wrestling fan. 
Um, it was I was always been like a watching TV fan. So like I've been to one WWF show that was '93 at the SECC. So it's like Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker, Bret Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, but that's the only WWF show that I've ever been to, even WWE. Um, so that was all I'd watch. And then, I don't know if you've got a follow-up question, but i just got to jump into it. But just like no, getting sure. into Scottish wrestling was, weirdly, it was through podcasting. So I listened to the, like the second ever um, art wrestling with Colt Cabana. It's like Colin Punk. And that got me into podcasting. So that would have been, what, 2010, 2011-ish. And just kept listening to that wrestling. And that wrestling was, to me, I've never been into, like, the super indies and things like that. I've never into, like, Ring of Honor or PWG or any of that kind of scene. It was always just WWF, WWE. So it gave me an introduction into a lot of guys that I knew nothing about. And what I really liked about the podcast was you really got to, you felt like you knew people because you'd, it'd be more than just sound by interviews. You would get stories and the struggles and stuff like that. So I was in Edinburgh doing, helping out a thing for Scottish autism and seen on Twitter, again, very early Twitter at the time, was saying that Colt Cabana was on the Royal Mile and I was just down in the grass market. I thought, I'm going to go and try and meet him. And then I went up and it was, um, Colt was out flying with Grado. Well, I didn't, I didn't know it was Grado at the time, but he was just out flying with this guy who just looked like a stereotypical like, British wrestler at that time where you thought about like the tribute shows and stuff like that just this weekend, a chubby guy in a leotard. And it, it, but it turned out as well they were getting filmed, and I'm like, oh, I had no idea what this is all about. And then when I went to leave, because I got to meet him, got a picture, and I was about to go. But then one of the camera guys stopped me and said, sorry, we're for the BBC. Can we just get you to sign this in case we use any of the footage? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Thought nothing of it. And it was the next week, uh, Grado was on The Art of Wrestling, and I was driving up to a cycling thing in Perth, and I was listening away to it, and I thought, God, that's that guy for last week. Because um, what he'd done as well was like he'd, I'd gave him my camera to take a picture of me and Colt. And then he gave me it back. He said, how's that? But he just took a selfie. And I'm like, oh, F sake. And then he went to the camera guy. Did you just get that? Did you just get that? So we actually had to do it again so that they could make sure they got it on the camera. So I had to like react the same way. So I've still got like, a selfie on my phone. It grade up to that. I have no idea who he is. So then listened to the podcast and I thought, I'm quite interested in that. So I started having a look about and seeing there was this thing called ICW and at that point, was it Dave's Not Here Man would have been the show the week after. So I was like, I say, they're doing like a thousand people and I'm like, a thousand people going to a British show? That's just nonsense. So you see the odd big show like Power Slam and stuff, but never anything in Scotland. So I just kept watching for this documentary coming out and then like the first uh, Fight Club came out and I'm like, Oh, you know, that, that actually looks like a good laugh or something you could enjoy. And the whole selling point of it was being like a night out. So I kept badgering people and badgering people. And then eventually got like a couple of guys from work and went to our first show. And it was Space Boss 2 at the end of August 15. And that was my first show. And I'm like, oh, this is great. It's like you go along, you have a few beers, can have a laugh, watch it. And just the wrestling was good. It wasn't. Like, just always an image ahead. I've been to, like, local town hall sh shows and stuff in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. And it was all dreadful. But this was, like, people knew what they were doing. People all looked different. People had characters. The crowd brought into it. And I'm like, that's it for me. And that's just really, since then, is 
kept going to shows. Now, so I talked back to where I said about, like, I've only ever been to one WWF show. It's like I'd done more shows that year than I'd ever been to WWF, even though I'd been a fan for like 20 years. They were just totally different for me. So it was that. That's just what really got me in and hooked it. So that's so probably two questions for one, but I thought oh, it just linked up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably the most in-depth answer I've ever had in the in the 30 odd episodes I've, I've recorded so far. Um, and the other thing is, it's local, it's cheaper. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's what, 50, 60 quid if you're wanting to go to WWE. Uh, and, and as opposed to what, 12, 15, if you're if you're going to yeah. a local show, um, yeah. I, I did you ever did you, you didn't get to experience the the tribute shows then at all, or did you ever get to one of those? I'd been to, so it always always seemed to be a show advertised that had Jake the Snake on it. That was the thing, in kind of my late teens was is oh Aloha Town Hall and Jake the Snake will be there. I remember going along to one, and. Like, oh, he's not here, he's ill. And it'd be like, oh, we've got two Scotland versus England matches. And then they had a tag match after the interval. And talking away to, like, one of the wrestlers on the merch stand. And he was telling us things like, oh, uh, Davy Boy Smith's really into cocaine. And he was on a show and he was doing it out of a Coke can. And uh, all these drug stories and stuff like that. And being what, 13, 14, we were all just eating it up. Like, this is amazing. So like, how do you know all this? It, just, it was just total slander. Um, but that's the only kind of wrestling that you see, and then that just puts that thing in your head of like I'm not going along to watch like kind of wee skinny guys just fighting against each other, and uh, so that's I didn't see any of the fake canes or anything. Actually, no, I was at a show in Grangemouth. Um, I'd have been about sixteen, so this was an attitude era kind of time. So you're going along to the show, and you're expecting kind of, but not just expecting something a bit better. Uh, just my memory is like Klondike Kate being on it, and just like she was, she was in her older years. She was fucking huge at the time, but just remember her like charging the audience. But she absolutely stank of shit, and I was just like the top memory of the show. It's like how lowbrow is this that people are coming out wrestlers? I couldn't imagine wrestling somebody that just stunk like that. But it was that's the kind of thing you were seeing. It was just so amateur. Like why would you pay money to go and see that sort of stuff? So look now and I see all these shows and things that have been near me that I've missed for years because that was just what you thought of it. And if you ever talk to anybody, I'm sure you find it as well. If you start to talk to anybody about, oh, there's local wrestling, I go, oh, that kind of, and then just that image of what it is. And like, no, 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 it's actually quite good. But to the average punter these days, just look at it and go, no, that's, no, that's like just that stereotype. Eh? That's, that's that fake wrestling. Which is the stuff I'm telling. <laughs> um, no, I, I, yeah, I had one. I keep the memories keep going in and out as to what I actually saw. I saw one when I was uh, eleven, and uh, it was Elgin Town Hall, and there was I know for a fact it was there was definitely a fake mankind. I remember that. That's the clearest yeah. memory I've got of it. My dad took me. He was a big wrestling fan. That he went, oh, we'll go along to this, and I do remember him clearly saying after the show going, well, am I taking that shite again? Because it was so bad. All, all I remember is Mankind punched uh, a fan that kept jumping onto the apron. That's that's my lasting memory of it. And it, it seems that I never went to an Irish show again until 2012 because I always saw their posters up going, oh, American-style wrestling or, or wrestling yeah. coming to Elgin. I'm just like going, no, I'll be that, that tribute stuff and I'm not going to that. Yeah. And then eventually... It was a show in uh, Perth, and it had uh, Roddy Piper and Ted DiBiase, and and uh, I was like, oh, "Well, 
I mean, I'm a grown up now by that point. I was 22 and I could drive. So I was yeah. like, I'll drive down. I'll drive back up the same day with my mate who uh, said, oh, I'll stay awake. It's fine. Because it was it's a long drive <laughs> from Elgin. Uh, fell, he fell asleep outside of Keith, which was about 15 <laughs> mile out away. And then, uh, yeah, it was it was madness. But I mean, the, the company itself hasn't got the best reputation now, but that was my introduction into, into the yeah. wrestling world in Scotland. And from that point, that was it. I was I wanted to know everything and then the ICW documentary and the Vice documentary yeah. with Grado and that as well. Um, so yeah, well, you are the Vice as well. I uh, so I, I don't want really to pop that earlier because right? that's one of the things after listening to the Grado uh, podcast, I was, they mentioned the British wrestler on it and I watched it again and you're looking at it and you're like this just isn't like anything you've seen. It's like it was totally just. It was like seeing like the old ECW, but totally different. It was local guys, but it looked credible. And that was the thing of it, and I think that was the whole thing of that documentary was it was bed to mock. So like all the English guys you see, it's like a piss take of them. When you see when you got to the ICW, they're like, oh no, wait a minute. It's like you see the crowd and how rammed the garage was and stuff like that. You're like, no, this is as it gave it credibility. And you could go to people and go, Oh no, that's that's the wrestling I go to. It's not it's not this kind of town hall with the lights on type thing. Uh, you're not you're not going to see the UK dominator. Uh, I remember him from the. Oh, it was just awful. But yeah, I, that was it. I mean, I think I think Grado even said at some point that 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 well, that documentary was supposed to mock yeah. British wrestling. But the guys from from well, Glasgow and I studying that they they kind of kind of took it by a scruff of its neck, going, "No, no, we're we're doing something. We're actually making right. something out of this." Um, I mean. Unfortunately, I mean, uh, this year has probably came to like a, a boiling point, but they were they were acting and treating it like a real life rock star profession. They were wrestlers and they, they acted like yeah. the wrestlers, like you say, back in ECW back in the day. And uh, some don't anymore, so well, some shouldn't. No, but, and, <laughs> but and without getting into names and things like that, because everybody knows everything that's went on, but I think the big thing about it was there was a real relatability. And that's the thing I'd seen very early going to the ICW shows is people get into people because of their character. And it was, you would look at Grado and think, oh, he's a bit of a chubby guy and I've got a belly on me. And you look at it and go, oh, if he could do it. And you could, it was just like everybody knew a cheeky wee guy like him who kind of chanced his, his luck and he got himself into good positions because it just went for it. And everybody could look and go, oh, I can get behind that guy. Or you'd see kind of like the stoner section would be behind NAK. And they would all know somebody who would be like those guys who were in it. And then you had like the, the kind of football crossover crowd were quite polo promotions and into the chanting and getting behind them and stuff like that. And there was all, and there was even more through it, it was like the Bucky Boys were the kind of Mernedi crowd. And that's what, but you had somebody you could associate with as a character and look at them and go, that could be me or that's my guy because that's what I'm picking. And that's what it was. And I think you see that even if you go up the way, through like that, uh, like the American wrestling who have been slagging the words for the last few while, but if you look at it over there, it's like Stone Cold got big because everybody could relate with being a guy in jean shorts and trainers who drank beer and hated his boss, or when you were a wee boy, you wanted to be Hulk Hogan because he was massive and he fought all the big guys and everybody was like, oh, he's doing that for me or he's beating up the people, and I think that's what just brought into the UK scene was that. Need somebody that you could relate to and get behind. It wasn't just standard guy in, in trunks, just not with nothing about them. People had personalities, and 
see cult of personality kind of used as a, a kind of attack on it, but it was that, and that's there's a lot of people ignored a lot of faults because of they just because of like it's over the top, it's wrestling, and um, but that's what the the kind of the highs for me came because there was so pe- many people that you could relate to, um, and I, I'll look back and I, I said it started to really get into this sort of stuff, but. To me, it's like there's a lot of things you would look back and you can maybe do differently, or maybe should people should have said things at certain points, etc. But there's so much that wrestling's brought me through friendship, through my own confidence, through the people I've met, through podcasting, all the places I've been. Um, you see me, you say, Bunny, I've spent an absolute fortune the last five years over going to different shows and the traveling. And I look back at the numbers I was doing for a couple of years there, it was silly, the number of shows I was going to and the things that I was giving up and like missing stag dues of friends I went to school with and stuff like that because I had tickets to go and see a wrestling show. And I look back at that now and I'm like, that was really stupid. But at the same time, it gave me so much that, that I want to see a rebirth for this scene. I want to see the guys that get chances now, like seeing... Like guys I've done podcasts with that only had like three or four matches under their belt. Now seeing they're getting debuts in the WWE network and guys I've spoke to about kind of talking about oh don't know how much longer they're gonna go sort of stuff and now getting opportunities because it is there. And I, th- I think there will be something to go back to. It's just gonna take time. Yeah, so I think the so I'll get I'll let you talk at some point. <laughs> It's <laughs> just, just rare, rare I get to do the talking, but exactly that's what, uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, usually it's you asking the questions, so I'm just uh, back and drinking my beer the, and just go for it. <laughs> so I think there is a time because again, I think probably just a bit of time for people to find that character and that relatability, and that will come. And um, maybe I'm just missing it because I'm now 37. I'll be 38 in June, and there is only so much I can relate to guys in their early 20s, etc. But they've got all the skill and the talent, and they've got the passion, and I think they will get there. So it's got to be a bump for a while. We'll probably have to go to some shows that we'll look back and wouldn't be in our top tens, etc. of things we've ever been to. But I think I'll get back to it because there is there's still a lot of good people around and we shouldn't forget the good people and the good things that we've had. And we still have a dislike for a lot of the things we've seen and heard and about this year especially. But um, I, there's so much that I've got to thank the Scottish scene for that I've been able to do and the friendships I've made and especially this year when we've kind of lost a lot of stuff the people have still been friends with and kept in contact with etc uh, it's been invaluable and we should remember the people on our side about the good of the fan side um, when we think about all the other things as well as to there's a lot of people saying they're going to pack it in and won't go back etc and I can totally understand that but there's a lot of good people I still want to go and see and be around um, and the way to do that will be through being at wrestling. So looking forward to things opening back up. I'll be a bit more selective with my money mm. to see the right things being done. I'm not going to be a total hypocrite about there will be some places I'll go and there might be some things that get let go as time goes on compared to others. But again, we don't really know until things start to open up and shows start to properly happen as to what that will be. But um, I can't remember if there was a question or if I just went off in one. <laughs> I, I have absolutely forgotten, but uh, pretty much my characters now. I think once once there's actually a crowd to feed off of, we'll definitely get that that back. Um, I'm I'm all of the opinion of it will start slow, but I think maybe tail tail. Well, I, I've I've said every podcast so far. I don't think there's going to be crowds until the end of next year, autumn. 
round about then. I think that's when yeah. we'll get actual crowds back. So it'll be 2022 before I think there'll be a little bit of a boom because people will be able to get out more and, and earn their money and then be able to pay to go to shows again. Um, hopefully, I mean, touch with this this vaccine or, or, or there's some yeah. sort of solution. Uh, we're not going to get onto vaccines because I'm sure there'll be someone listening <laughs> oh, vaccines that won't work. And just, I just want a solution so I can go see wrestling. Um, but no, Delson Dare. Delson Dare for years has been telling us he's the <laughs> cure and he's been very, very quiet through this. So this is where he should have been stepping up. I know he's a bad guy, but he should it's, have definitely been stepping it's up. It's very so. suspicious he has not said anything whether he is the cure. <laughs> Maybe he's been old talk. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just maybe he's in Oxford and he's he's actually behind this whole Aye, uh, all this vaccine. He's got it all sorted. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I know it was it was about characters. That's what it was. It was talking about kind of the scene and getting into it and stuff like that. But, uh, aye, that's that's how we got off and oh, I got off in that tangent. <laughs> I'm taking the blame for everything. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I know that we don't want to labour on the negative, we want to start on the positive. And, and yeah. I, I kind of I kind of drifted into the negativity and you kind of pulled it back with the characters. But uh, yeah, the re- relatability thing, I absolutely understand. I mean, even I'm thir- I just turned 30 this year, so even I'm to some people still considered relatively young. But when I spoke to Ian Skinner for uh, our, our podcast with him, uh, yeah. I just felt lost. He's a kid. <laughs> he, he was speaking about memes and references, and I, just, I was just looking at him, going, "I have no fucking clue what you're on about at this <laughs> point." And, and because it wasn't, I was trying to look. It's all about like the fourth podcast. So I was trying to sound professional, but in my head, I was going, "I have no idea what that is. No idea what yeah, that I'd, is." I just so just a big up Ian because he is one of the people. So the whole, the whole point of me doing talk of the draw to kind of take a wee step back and then jump forward to it. So Mark kind of entry into podcasting was through Eat Sleep Soup Like Retweet, and I can't thank them enough because without them, I wouldn't have any idea how to even do a podcast and the editing and all that. So Stephen and Kwaku and the guys and that um, taught me so much. Um, but their focus, and again, just where they were in the fandom was on a WWE side, whereas I was very much Scottish shows and very little else, like even consuming TV-wise at that point. I did want to hear the conversations with people that didn't get heard because everybody doing a podcast wanted to talk to a Stevie boy, a through a Dallas, etc. because they were people who would get people to listen. Whereas I wanted to have the conversations that I'd heard through, like what Art of Wrestling had done for me. So it was like all these people had never been fans of, but became fans because I heard all their backstory. And that's the whole point of Tuck of the Draw was to go and have those conversations. So it was to go and chat to people and that's where, like, speak me Ian Skinner, I just, the reason I spoke to Ian Skinner, I hadn't even seen him wrestle. It was I kept seeing him helping out his stuff and I got, got him online and things. But I'd see him helping out at Reckless Intent on the Saturday. Then I'd see him on the Sunday at Discovery and he'd be helping and running about, but he'd always make sure he said hello, etc. So he, he recognised people that were going about the different shows as well. I just like that guy's hard work. So like going and then went through and um, so I went through to Edinburgh and I was actually, I was signed off work at the time. Um, I went through just to get out and go through and record them and going down and he stayed a student flat with other guys, etc. And I'm like, I just feel so old here. <laughs> it's like, this is, this is, but, I, and it, but it was, but the thing I had in common was talking about wrestling. And we heard about like where he is, where he was at the time in Edinburgh. He had a trek to get into the town centre. 
to get through to Airdrie to go to his training. Then when he wasn't going to training, he was going to help out other shows and then as well as his studying and his comedy and things like that. And I'm like, there's just so much to that guy. So to see now seeing like his entrances on WWE Network, and I'm like, it might not be for me watching like WWE in the network and stuff like that, but I still know what it means. Um so folk like that, we see them and so I said I have podcasted this year, so like Logan Smith, I tried with him start of the year, seen him on it, etc. And like I know the things he's went through with his injuries and the time he's put in and being away and juggling with work, all the stresses that come with it. As hearing what the, those guys are up to, um, it's just brilliant and does show that there is a proper future ahead. And again, I've totally forgot what we started to talk about before I jumped in. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, so, yeah, we're old. It's pretty much was the be-all, end-all of it. It was. Yeah, it was, But your podcast, yeah. I mean, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, definitely uh, were, were guys that... I Because I want to know more about these these wrestlers. I want to know about the local scene. And I'm up in the Northeast. I'm up in Elgin. So I didn't I didn't feel like I had the, the facility to go and interview people because all the yeah. all your wrestlers all the ones that you want to speak to or or the big names anyway are all central belt so that's a three-hour drive and for for an hour of audio ain't worth my time yeah. to be honest that's not i'm not doing that but i've uh, listened to to eat sleep suplex tea and then yourself do the tuck of the draw when you when you started yours I just, as soon as i heard it i was like fuck i wish i did that i wish i did it now i wish i did it <laughs> and here i am doing it now because yeah. of zoom so thank no, you zoom <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's just about doing it so I was lucky at the time so at the time I was working in Glasgow City Centre and the big thing I wanted to make sure about it is I wanted everything to be face to face because I just feel it's a better a better discussion um, so I'd thought about it for a while I was still doing uh, Suplex Retweet I was actually being drunk at an ICW show coming out after it talking to wouldn't name names but the person who was my first guest at the time bumping him outside and going if I did a podcast would you be on it? So aye, right. Woke up the Monday morning. Shit, how did I do a podcast? Went and looked, found the kit. So like, right, what's I don't want to spend a lot of money in case I don't get into it, but what's a reasonable recorder, etc. How do I make it sound good? So got my looked up, it was like uh Matalan was closing down and that's I had the recorder, but it was in Perth and I was on holiday that week, so I thought I'll drive up and get it. So I drove up, got it. And then was like, actually, well, I'll go for this. And I, I kind of kept it quiet for about a week while I thought about it. And I thought, no, I'm just going to... I tweeted something. And then I got a message, Chris Toll, going, are you going to do your own podcast? And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. He's like, if you do it, I'll be on, like, straight away. And I was like, of course. Because at that point, he was doing Scott's Squad and stuff like that. So it was... It, I was like, that's a, a great get to get as well. So, like, my first two, it was like, I've got set up to go, and then I can go from there. Um, but yeah, it's, again, it's, it's just about having conversations and we're all human beings at the end of the day and if you could just grab an hour of somebody's time. So I was working in Glasgow City Centre, it was really easy for me to just say to people, I'll meet you after work. The office I was in at the time had meeting rooms and the ground floor, so I didn't need to sign anybody in. So I just said to security, I'm bringing somebody in to interview them in that room. Security guards don't think paid much attention to the, the style of interview, um, which got interesting when I had... Um, Oh God, I forgot the name. What's um, was it Lucha Scotland? When oh, I had them in with yeah, their masks, 
uh, the four of them in, in a room and with, putting on the masks for a picture, and I had to go to the security guard and go, these guys are going to put masks on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nothing bad's not about to happen. <laughs> Aye. Um, I said, it's just safe, but we, we all guys. No, no, there's kind of no more done from then. So it was great for me because I'd just do it after work, record it, go home, edit it, and then get it out roughly when I could. So it did give me really good access. And then got moved job to Edinburgh. So that kind of put, it started to become more about going to visit people and the horse shows and stuff like that. And then got back to Glasgow and was able to start to do more kind of face-to-face. And that's what really stopped me this year because I, I took a couple of breaks here and there because it's hard going. Like, but it's not just about a podcast. It's all the time and the efforts. That's what, like, credit to guys like yourself who are picking it up. And you'll be, you'll be noticing it as time goes on. It's just the time messaging people. Well, first you've got to think about who you get on. Then you've got to find a way to get in contact with them. And again, probably for somebody like yourself, because you're a bit out of the way, people won't know you, kind of, your face very much. Whereas I could see a lot of people at different shows and they would see me at different stuff and I could go and have that call face-to-face because sometimes if you send a, message to somebody, send a message to somebody, if they don't follow you back, it might go into their other folder, they don't see it, these sort of stuff. It's that time. It's the arranging it. So you've got to fit around like having a job yourself. The wrestler, most of them have a job themselves. Family stuff they've got to do, shows they're on, going to the gym and stuff like that. So it's finding time that works for everybody and the time that goes into that. Then there's the actual recording. So you've normally got time before it. You've got the actual chat. And then you've got the chat after it, which is the, I didn't want to say this when we are recording, but here's this. And some of them went on longer than some of my interviews. Yeah. Then you've got to go back and I would do an end-to-end edit. So normally if, I, if the show was an hour long, it would generally take me two hours to edit it because there's a lot of things. But when you take out, I would take out silences to try and keep it quite compact. I would take out thinking time. I've got little things I've said myself, like if I'm thinking of the next question, but like my noises, all those I would try to cut out and things that I would just pick up in my own speech pattern. And then you've got to put your either side on. My internet speed's not the great, so it would probably take about an hour to actually upload it. Then there's all the time it takes to publicise it. And while you're doing all that, you're trying to arrange the next one at the same time. So like the first year I did it, we turned through the numbers. Originally I said, I'm going to do one a fortnight. But I've got that many people wanting to be on that quick. That I was like, I don't want to miss the chance. So I ended up doing like 25, 26 in a row. And we just completely burned out by it. Um, and then we other stuff going on. I had to take a step back and go, right, I want to do this. But I also need to have a life at the same time. Um, so that's I think the side of podcasting that people don't realise is just how much the actual chatting to people is the best bit but so much work goes into it to get you there um, so I credit to anybody who continually churns them out but it, I just hit the point of being burned out where that's I took, took steps away and then go back this year done like Logan Smith and you and Raw and then pandemic hit and I was like I just to, to me I just prefer face to face it's how I just feel it's a more natural conversation where you let the recorder on the table and just sit chatting face-to-face with people. So I was like, right, maybe when things get back up, there is some new conversations I want to have because some of my interviews are now about three years old. So um, I just really like podcasting for the getting-to-know-people side. And oh, So I feel, I feel like I'm talking no, too much. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've listened to your how much prep you do and I'm just sitting here going, I just check who follows me on Twitter and then message them. 
and then go, all right, I can do these dates. Yeah, I can do those dates. Cool. That's it. That's pretty much my prep work. <laughs> Although I have in the last few, um, well, at the back end of this first season, I started writing notes because I was in that kind of same boat where uh, I got about 10 or 12 episodes in. And then I think there was, there was a one troll Twitter thing like got into my head a little bit saying I only speak to to trainees or, or or people that haven't really done anything I'm like I'm still wanting to hear these stories and why they're doing it and all that kind of stuff that's that's yeah. the, point of the podcast um and also it was a week after the really bad thing happened so there yeah. wasn't a lot of people that I could speak to that I, could, that I couldn't like have to go around things yeah. that that's a big part of their careers and yeah it, it was it was I, I, I contacted um, like the most well, the most veteran wrestler I had in my Twitter that followed me, spoke to them, and I just felt like I forced myself into speaking to them because I felt I had to. And they were amazing. They were absolutely lovely, yeah. great. No, no fault at their end, but I felt that I pushed myself to speak to them as opposed to just going, right, who, who wants to speak to me? Great, you want to speak to me? You have, must have a story to tell me. Yeah. As opposed to I'm, te- I'm making you tell me a story instead, uh, which yeah. which just totally burnt me out. And also because because I work from home, this is my work office now since March. Um, yeah, I I've been staying up and watching the day pay per views as well, and on the Thunderdome and getting my face on there. So uh, between trying to do these recordings, uh, which I've been fine, I've also been staying up to stupid o'clock in the morning watching wrestling on Sundays, and. I'm 30 years old now. It was fine when I was 14. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm still I trying. Know. I watched NXT last night. <laughs> I'm still yeah. I'm still thinking that I'm old enough to do this, but I'm, I'm really not that, anymore. That's what I appreciate AEW being a Saturday because it's so much easier to stay up on a Saturday night and then sleep in a little bit on a Sunday for me, working Monday to Friday. Um, or just my trick these days is just get up early. So if I was watching something that was on a Sunday... I'll go to my bed at my normal time, but I'll get up at, say, half five and then watch it as live but try to stay off Twitter than trying to stay up and be up and then we end up overtired so you can't get to sleep, so you get even less sleep. I'd much rather just get up early and have a kind of normal sleep. Um, so I managed that last Wednesday for the like Mega Moxley match because I just didn't want it spoiled. So I got up early before work watch the match in full, seen what happened and I was I was so glad I did that. Whereas if I tried to stay up to two in the morning, I'd have probably been like three, half three before I get to sleep. And then your alarm goes at half seven and it feels like you've just not had any sleep at all. But you've got to take care of yourself as well. So like, think about that as like it's very like it's very easy if you're obliged to be podcasting. It's like if somebody wants to speak to me, I don't want to say it to them but actually it's going to be three weeks time before I speak to you. But you need to say that sometimes or say, actually, can I get back to you? Because you need to live as well. And especially this year, this year's just been, everything's like 10 times more taxing. Um, it's just that being able to say, right, now I've got this schedule and this is when it'll be. Um, but I, it's I'm bringing back chills of how much hard work stuff was. But I just, while you were chatting, I just had a scroll through like some of the shows I've done. But some of the memories of the things I've done is like, I've never done that without podcasting. Um so it's just it's a great thing to do and it's a great hobby to have but it's remembering it's like it's not, it doesn't pay the bills you need to make sure that the working life and all that t- doesn't suffer like too much as a result of the work you're putting into these 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I started it, I, I was like, Wednesday, that's my recording day. Block out the day, that's Wednesday uh, evening, anyway. And then yeah. uh, my wife uh, changed jobs and she, at least once a week, either a Sunday or a Monday, works nights. So that, yep. that's perfect then, because that means I still have the, the life at home, as in I still see her and interact with her. But yeah. when my, my dog is whinging at me. I don't know if anyone can hear that. Oh, yes. Well, I see the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, she... All right, shut up. Uh, right, so but for she works like Sundays or Mondays, so I just went right. That's my recording dates now. I have all the time I need. I can yep. prep. I can uh, eat when I need to. We're not eating together. I don't have to work around anyone else's schedule. That's my recording dates. Yep. So at some point, well, I had Dean Ford booked for two months before I actually spoke to him because uh, I went right. This is my recording dates. That's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. Uh, but then she started picking up extra shifts. I don't know if she just wanted to get away from it. Um, <laughs> but I was like, right, I can fit in these people in these dates. And that's it. That, that's that's my recording pattern now. That's, I feel yeah. like that's, that's the most healthiest way to do it. Um, and I got to the point where, well, Dean Ford's episode is not coming out until February 12th. So I, I, I'd, I'd worked, I'd done so many in that <laughs> point of time where I am yeah. so far ahead. That's why I did the Untitled ones. Because I'm thinking, right, I don't have to do as much prep. Because we're yeah. just going to speak about wrestling. Uh, I mean, for yourself, I did a bit more because I know, not to sound creepy, but I know a bit more about you <laughs> than I do about most of the guests uh, I have on. Um, yeah. I mean, this is our first actual conversation with voices yeah. and faces. I, I but, speak to each other. Yeah, yeah but we, we've tweeted back and forth and done all that. So I know a bit more about you than most, but um, that's why I've done the Untitled ones. So I could just sit back and just go, right, let's speak about whatever. You like you like Japanese yeah. wrestling? I know fuck all about it. Tell me about it. That's pretty <laughs> much it. AEW. I watched two buy-ins. I hated them. I haven't watched any AEW since because you know that was, that's well. I, I keep up to date with the, with the results and that. But yeah. The buy-ins were but, supposed to get me to go, to buy the show. They were uh, rubbish. The, 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 in first, my the first the first couple were terrible because you're watching it and you're like. It's like if there was somebody in the room watching it with you who wasn't into wrestling, you'd be like, a chip, you'd struggle to explain it. Um, but I'd kind of, I would have called myself like a, a being an elite fan, but I only got to them from like, I was going to a Discovery show because it was Discovery. It turned out it was like the Bucks and the Mega were on it. And it was like the Sunday before. I was hung over and I watched all the being elites they'd done to that point. At that point, they were only up to say 30 and they were all like five or six minutes long. It wasn't anything to it. But I started watching them like, I quite like they're trying to do something. Like they said, at that point, they started to slowly bring like the character stuff into it. So I think there was some stuff with, like Adam Cole was kind of starting to fester and building. Um, but I, was, I quite like the kind of, the same way I like the kind of Scottish side of the, people try to build something for themselves. You could see the Bucks and Omega were trying to do that with being the elite. It was trying to bring awareness and stuff. So I'd led towards AEW through being a, a, a being an elite fan. Never watched Ring of Order. Got any watching like some in like the bigger New Japan shows and watched those. Um, so seeing like um, All In was the first one. And I was like, oh, that's, this could be something. And then there was all the rumours and stuff and then they announced it. And it was just good to have something to watch on TV because I've not watched, like I got rid of the network about when I left Suplex Retweet because I only kept it for being on shows and I've never really had the appetite to go back to watch very much since. Um, 
it was good to have like a TV product. But yeah, if you watch the Bayerns, they were terrible. But as a two, it's like two hours a week, just because I normally stick it on say a Saturday morning when it comes up in the ITV player, and it's just a really easy like hour and forty five minutes of wrestling to watch. It's like the, the Bayerns were terrible, like all the Michael Nakazawa stuff and all that. You're like, what I was saying in my head, that was when you said, yeah, how can you explain this? Like, you watch that, but so I remember the first time I seen like Orange Cassidy, and I'm like, what's the what the fuck is this? It's like the guy just looks half ass throw needs to be weak kicks and what it is. And then the more you watch it, you kind of get more into it. I start to understand the character. And there is people, it's like as times went on, like I'm, I like to be positive about wrestling because I think there's a lot of people out there who can be quite negative and find a way to be negative about stuff. So I'll watch it. Not everything in a show is going to be for me. Sometimes when I go to a show, there'll be certain shows where we'll sit and we'll talk amongst ourselves because the match is on just isn't for us. But there is more on AEW that I like than I don't. And I, I don't live for the WWE versus AEW type arguments or, or arguing about the ratings and stuff like that. I just know I'll watch it and I enjoy it. Um, and there is, and there's these different stories. And some stories that went on for a year and it's like... Spoilers for him, he's not seen last week's show, but uh, Omega beating Moxley for the belt. It was like all the belt before it had been these kind of twisted turns between like an argument between him and Adam Page and the Young Bucks and the kind of splitting up the elite type thing. So everybody's expecting it was going to get to this main event and it would be like Young Bucks interfering, get Kenny the belt and then suddenly go back to being elite again. And it was that, wasn't that, it was completely different. And they're like, oh, we're going to show up this week on Impact TV. And you're like, wait, this is different. And I've seen so many people talking about this week, oh, but, oh, it could be this, it could be that. And it's like, the best wrestling is the stuff that makes you want to watch the next week or go to the next show. And it took something, it's like you built up, you watch this match, and obviously I was watching it, waiting for the moment the ref would be distracted, Young Bucks would come in, or Hangman Page would try to cost him the match and didn't get it and got none of that. And it was completely different. And I, so I got up early to watch it. And I watched it and I was like, I can't wait for next week. It's like I'm now I'm actually going to watch Impact on Wednesday night when it's shown in the UK to see what happens on it. Um and that's just, it just gave me that kind of we've kind of pulled back in that I've not had a while in wrestling of going, oh let's see what happens next. Or there's these other stories going on in the background for it as well, like things with Jericho and MGF. And you're seeing different people come through. It's like Darby Allen is nothing like me at all. So he's like a wee stick thin skater boy who paints himself and is just completely away from anything I've ever been into in my life. I've never been into any of that. But I really like seeing him because I'm like, oh, he's got a good drive to him and I can get into that. Um, so so I, I, just, I could completely see if you said you tried the buy ins and you've not went for it. But I think now, especially now they're like a year in, and the same the good thing as well. It's the same to learn from the things that don't work. It's like how many times, like the main criticism I see of WWE stuff these days tends to be people, oh, they've kept this guy going for so long, or how long it took for them to turn Roman Reigns. It's kind of like the big example, the fact they never turned Cena and stuff like that. But there has been shitty stuff on AEW, but if something doesn't work, they seem to change it, which I think is quite refreshing to watch as well, is knowing that it's just not one man's idea of what wrestling should be and this is what we're always going to go with. It's like, try that, it didn't work. Let's try something else. Let's do something else here or twist it. Um, and that's yeah. that's kind of kept me going. That's most of the wrestling I've seen this year has been watching AEW. Um, like I kind of fell away from New Japan because it's just got very, very samey. 
and that's probably restrictions due to like how many like Americans and guys from New Zealand and stuff like that that have been able to fly in. But I feel like I've watched a lot of those matches since the beginning of time, or like or four years or three or four years of watching New Japan. I've seen all these matches again and again. I'm like, I need something fresh, and that's what AEW's given me, is it's something different. Um, it's different guys. You're not seeing, like a match works one week, you're not getting it four weeks in a row. Mm. Or we're going back to that, go back to that, back to that. And that's like a trope that too much wrestling can go into. It's like from like a lot of WWE main events where I was watching, or things like how many good housekeeping matches there have been um, between like, Liam and Wolfgang. It's like they were really good, but I need to have seen four of them. Um, it's that kind of, that's what it's like, but it's, like, it's not, it just doesn't feel repetitive, which at this stage of fandom and with this year, it's just what I need. Yeah. I mean, AEW, I, I have tried. I'm not saying that I've just went, right, the buy-ins are shit, that's it, I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. But every time I seem to watch it again, it's, I'm not, it's definitely not the whole show. It's not that, but it seems to be the moments that I pick into are bits where they're just making like very, not very subtle pot shots. I'm like, that's just childish. Just, just do you, just do your thing, make your product the best thing, and don't go just like having a old pervy Jim Ross just uh, uh, cracking jokes and stuff like that about about his former employer. I'm like, oh come on, just. I mean, if you want to crack jokes about a former employer, go for go for a fucking world of sport because that was that was awful. <laughs> go for that, <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, it's it's just. But anyway, I, I said we're, we're a positive podcast. I want to stay positive. No, as, <laughs> that's the thing, right? If if you watch it, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be trying to drill into you that you should watch it. Like all the stuff I said, that I'm not being like, oh, you should give it another try type of thing. It's like if you watch something and it's not for you, don't keep watching it. So that's why I stopped watching oh, yeah. WWE. It's just like, I don't want to be the person that's just online slagging it every week because I don't enjoy it. I'll go and watch something else. And I was like, if you're watching something in TV, like how many TV series have you got into and you've just stopped and you're like, nah, it's not for me. And you could always go back to it. It's like my example now is um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I've tried to watch that a couple of times. I just not get into it at all. And then somebody was like, no, see if you stick with it and get to see season four, you'll get it from then. And I'm now up to but season seven, and I'm absolutely loving it. But I've, oh, I've tried to watch it; it's not three. been for me. Yeah, I stopped yeah. at season three, so I'm I'm like just about where you're where you've been told Aye, is, to that's, get that, to. That's what it was, and it was like to me, it was like, I can't get this at all. Um, and there's other stuff that I watch, but like, oh, I really want to get this, and I watch all the time. But I would never go and tell somebody. It's like, it's like I don't think there's enough in the world of people just going, "That's not for me." It's like, it doesn't mean it's there's so many people jump to say something shit. Um, it's like, not, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's shit. If everybody in the world doesn't like it, it's probably shit. But if there's people there and there's an audience for something, it doesn't mean it's shit. Mm-hmm. It just means it's not for where you are. And again, I'm at a stage, so I'm say 37. I've been through my years of different stuff and my fandom changes through what I want at a point in time. And there would be stuff that I can look I can understand why people like that because it might be more for them or just the things I've got into or the way my tastes have went in wrestling. So I never like, have a go at anybody for like whatever they watch. It's like death matches. I can't get into that at all. But I don't say death matches are shit. I just go it's not for me. Mm. I don't I go I like wrestling when it's not because I know wink wink it's not real. So like, it hurts the stuff. But I don't, I, I don't want to watch people deliberately hurting each other. So it's like I've seen a thing earlier on about, it was like the war games last night, it's like somebody's broke their arm, and there's all these sort of things. I'm like, why? 
like you're, you're wrestling in front of TV screens. Why are people going out their way to properly hurt themselves? It's like when I see things like that, I'm like, no. So I like to know at the end of the day, everybody was able to go home and sleep well wherever they did. I don't watch UFC and seeing people battering people with like light tubes and all that. I'm like, nah. Like some of the glass matches and stuff I've seen at ICW. So like it was one, somebody got put through like a plane, plane of glass and it came out of the ring and it like smacked me in the eye. And I'd like a cut my eyelid for like a couple of days and stuff. And I'm going into work and I'm having to explain, oh, this guy threw another guy through a pane of glass and a big chunk of it threw it and hit me and smacked me in the face. And I'm like, that's not what I'm going to see a wrestling show for. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, I I tried watching like again um, when I have the house to myself and there's Raw. On. Like tonight would be an example, but I'm not stupid enough to do it again. Uh, I would stay up and get on the Thunderdome and watch Raw. And yeah. I realised about well, last time I ended up watching main event, worst thing I ever saw. But anyway, uh, saw <laughs> Raw. Fifteen minutes in, I just went. I'm thirty years old. It's half one in the morning. What the fuck am I doing? And I just closed it and went to bed. First tweet I saw, big botch in the tag match. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's why I was... Oh, damn it. Oh, well. But yeah, it's it's, it's just one of those things. I don't watch the weekly product. I, I watch the YouTube clips and then I watch the pay-per-views. That's how I enjoy my process. Yeah. That's how I enjoy WWE. But I did watch... Yeah. I watched NXT last night and exactly the, the example you're speaking about of, of folk like different things I watched uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa and it was just two guys just like hit smack each other about and I watched yeah. them going I just I'm not getting into this at all and then I go on the Twitter oh this is amazing best match ever and I'm like okay well someone's opinion and then I watched yeah. the next one which was Loomis versus Grimes in a, in a strap match and I loved it it was stupid it was they were throwing each other about like in a different way, but like entertaining me. And then I saw the yeah. same person's tweet going, Oh, that match is rubbish. That wasn't for me. I didn't get it at all. I'm like going, right, perfect. That that sums up how wrestling should be in my head perfectly. I like this, you like that, and our way around, and we're all friends. And <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you um, you're wrong. It's William Regal's quote that he says a lot. It's like wrestling is like a circus. So you go along, you might not be into the clowns, but you might like the acrobats. If you don't like the ac- acrobats, I can't remember, you might like the line tamer. I'm running out of things that happen at a circus, but it's that sort of things that you don't need to go and like absolutely everything in a show. There can be shows where you'll go for a piss. There be, might be things where you're like, actually, it's no for me. That's where I'll go and have a browse about the merch stand or things like that. But there should be enough in a show that all around you go and you watch it and you're happy. It's like, I think people just could be so easily too critical about getting into wrestling. It's like, say like the Marvel, like to compare it to like something that most people would have seen, it's like the Marvel films. Did I watch Endgame and every minute of that three hours I enjoyed? There's bits of it where you're like, what they tell me this bit for, or they're dragging that out a bit. But you have these bits so that you appreciate the higher bits. It's like if you went to watch, say the two Endgame and what was the first one? Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. So I'm the person to ask about this, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I should know, because I've, I've watched them both about 50 times. So if I like something really good, I'll go back and I'll watch it to death. But say, like, so that's, say, six hours of cinema, right? If you were to do a supercut of that, you could probably get it down to being one three-hour film. But you wouldn't enjoy it, because it'd be all highs, and you need those bits that bring it down. So I can go to a show and 
if everybody went out, it's like one of my biggest bugbears is I go, I go to, a, to a show and you get like every match starts with a quick powder to the outside and a suicide dive. Well, I've seen that. So see in the fifth, second or third of the fourth match in the night that I see that, I don't care about it. It's not really a suicide dive if everybody's doing it because it takes away the threat of it. So like, it must be easy if everybody's doing it. It's meant to be you're stopping somebody running away by hitting it. So if Avengers was just constant battles with Thanos, you'd be like, uh, none of it would stand out. And that's the thing wrestling shows as well. There is matches are put on to be a moment to let you come back down and be a different... So when people... Like, I'll use like the, the Grapple app to just keep a track of what I watch, but I don't put too much effort into what actually rate things. Because there can be a reason why a match is what could be classed as, say, a two-and-a-half star. When the one before it was a four, another one's a five. The one after it's a five because you had that lower like rated match in the middle because two guys were sent out to do something simple so that the next one could shine. And that's not everything. If I went to, if I was watching a show and everything on it was an absolute amazing match, nothing in it's an amazing match because they're all exactly the same. You need that ups and downs. Um and that's what you've got to have that variety in a show to get that. Not everything can be balls to the wall or hardcore or all these sort of things or it means nothing I mean it used to be the women's match was that exact spot I mean of course now um, wrestle women uh, or they're just known as mm-hmm. wrestlers now uh, nowadays yeah. uh, it, that that was their role uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't great for the for women's wrestling but that was their role that was the, they were the come down match yeah. before the, the the big main event um, yeah which I mean, it's all changed now, and now we have guys like Otis in that in that position instead, um, who I just hate with a passion. But just the character, just, <laughs> I just don't. Everyone was going, "Oh, Otis is money bank." I'm looking, going, oh, "Why?" But I didn't complain because it's just it's just part of it. Dogs don't like it either. Sandy did not like it. She had a big whinge about moan. Oh, Otis so when, Sandy. So you do have a cracked dog. That's what, that's what... That's pretty much my, my life. That's, that's, uh, you see my Twitch stream now. I think it's just mostly full because <laughs> she appears behind me. Or if I'm super bored one day, anyone anyone who tweets I, I follow saying they want to see a picture of the dog, I will happily provide a picture of my dog because <laughs> she's usually asleep. So it, and that's when, that's what pictures you'll get is her asleep because everyone should see a dog. Dogs are great. That's, oh, it's- um, so I think it's like you're saying about like that being your office now. So I'd rearranged my living room a couple of weeks ago and I used to be sat at like my bay window and I'd see I sat in the co- at my flats in the corner of like one of the main streets in the estate. So I would see everybody out walking their dog every day. And it was like so good through all of this is like being able to look outside and just see all these good dogs. And then when I've moved to now, I'm now just at like a single window. I'm in like the corner of the room because the way I did it was so that it would be out of sight. So when I go and sit on the couch, I don't see my office, I don't see my monitor or my laptop and stuff like that. So it just keeps that kind of work-life balance. But I do miss, because where I am now is I've just got the monitor in front of me and then it's just a single window. So I don't see the dogs. So that's been where I've gained from feeling I've got an office space that's completely separate. I've lost in the number of dogs I see. So I will be tweeting you later asking for a wee sandy picture. And you better not let me down since so making that promise. <laughs> no, no, I know. Honestly, it doesn't matter who it is at the moment. If, if I go, oh, I really just want to see anyone who says, 
obviously a dog picture. Well, I have a hundred here. I will choose <laughs> my best one. Um, it's because that's the best thing about. Honestly, dog pictures seem to be the best way to cheer up anyone. And uh, I know yeah. yourself; you're very much an advocate of of. Um, I've got. I'll see if I can get a camera. I've got an album on my phone that's just pictures of dogs. Um, so I keep I keep that for if everybody's like oh uh, cheering me up or anything like that. It's just like right here's an album full of dog pictures that I can send and share. Uh, but speaking of that, you, you're a big proponent of promoting uh, safe mental health uh, through char through charities through your work and and all that. I, I know from your your own Twitter that you've been you've been having your ups and downs because of all this lockdown and having the lack yeah. of social interaction. Um, have you have how, how are you doing? How, how are you finding it now? Are you finding a good balance? No, now you've moved your desk away? As, as time's went on, it's kind of just got more in the routine because now we're working home since the first week of March and it was just that cause straight away just lost, like, lost going to all the different wrestling shows I was going to and all the people I'd see at that. I lost going to football for a couple of games a week. I lost going into work in the office and sitting around the being with people and I just went to live and be myself. So it was just that getting used to it and just all the restrictions and stuff. And through the summer, I was able to, that's kind of, I guess what I've got lucky is that I've always had multiple interests in the last few years. And that's been one of the things of like, kind of, well, 20, 2016, I first saw help about my mental health. But it was just about making sure I've got lots of different things I can go to. So if I've not got one thing, I've got the other. And luckily, since 2013, uh, I've always been quite a big road cyclist. So through the summer, that was brilliant because one, exercise is just really good for your mental health. Two, it gave me a reason to get out of the flat for a couple of hours. So I'd finish work, I'd get changed, I'd go out for, say, two and a half, three hours, depending on sunlight and stuff like that. And that was just so good through the summer of having something else to go and do. And there is times, cause like, at the moment, so it's like a single guy, Dating's pretty much out the window, so you're not really seeing people, not in the office. So there's just things that come from everyday conversation that we're all just missing. So like if you got to the office, somebody go, "Oh, you've had your haircut. Oh, is that a new top?" And just all the little kind of small compliment stuff that you don't even think about, and you don't really get. So it was just about kind of refinding new ways to be able to enjoy myself and find different things to do, and just trying to find a form of routine. Um, and there has been. Luckily, I've had much more good days than bad through it, but I do feel quite comfortable to be able to talk about it, which is, I think, everybody should be, because if you broke your arm, you would tell people, or you get people to sign your stookie. But people seem to think if your brain stops working, which is the most complicated like um, decision-making processor that's ever been on Earth, there's nothing comes close to what the human brain can do. But you think how many times you need to shut off and open up a laptop that doesn't work or an iPad or reset your phone. If your brain stops doing what it's meant to do, it's not anything we should be ashamed of. And I am quite lucky that I've now got that confidence that I can talk about it. And if I'm having a tough day and I find, just for me personally, I find writing things down helps. And I don't, people will say, I'm here if you need to talk, but talking never really does anything for me because I've already, I'm, I'm a business analyst to trade. So... My job's about identifying problems, going through what you can do with them, and then coming up with an answer for what you would do to change or fix them. And generally, I've worked all that out before I've even said to anybody, oh, this is what's up. So I just find writing things down or putting a post and things like that down helps me get it out. And when it's out, I feel better for it. 
and I've always been quite happy to stand behind. If if you can get to the end of a day and go to your bed, when you get up in the morning, things generally don't feel as bad as they were the day before. It's about setting that small target. It's not. I've not set myself the goal of I want to be happy until lockdown finishes. It's like let's worry about today. Can I get through today? Yes. What we're going to do today? I'll try and do this, that, and then all right, that's what tomorrow brings. Um, and I have been lucky to have things to distract me through this. So I started doing a thing when I was like 27. Um, I'd done a picture every day of the year of being 27. So just whatever I was going on in a day, something that would come up, I'd be like, right, I need to take a picture of this or whatever I was doing and a wee blog where it was kind of like a diary of being 27. And then I'd done it again when I was 32. I'd done that and it could be amazing, like just through a day, just everything different that can come up. And I think a picture is just a good way to trigger memories as well. And then I hit 37 in the middle of lockdown and I was like, what do I do? Like, I'm in the house every day. How do I get this going? But it's actually been, like, I would want to say it's been easy because there are some days where I have to start planning, right? I need to do something, so I've got a picture for that. But it's given me something just in each day to think of a day at a time, right? What am I going to do today that's going to be that picture? So like today, before we finish, I'll take a picture of the screen and my thing will be, I've done a podcast tonight. Um, and it is, and it's, it's like, I'm now coming up for being 180 days in and I don't have anything that's been the same picture twice. So that's giving me a small thing to focus on each day. So that's probably been good for me through this as well. Um, and I think also just putting my hands up and accepting that I can't control much of what's going on. Um, you do just need to kind of stay sensible and so I get through my work every day at nights I've started going out walking a bit more like once a week I go across to my parents and spend a few hours there generally they'll be like oh do you want a Chinese so I end up getting a free dinner um, so things like that are just trying to like getting Zoom calls every so often with my mates and just getting drunk and not remembering leaving the living room to get through to the bedroom but I'll get there somehow so it's not easy and I really hate seeing some people that I really care about, seeing them properly struggle. Um, so I, it's, it's not been easy, but I've been lucky to have much, many more happy days this year. And there's a lot of photos and memories and things that I'll be able to go and do that I can look back on quite happily. That um, It doesn't mean that I won't wake up tomorrow and it won't be, but I know that if I can get through, I've been through every bad day I've ever had and I'm still here. And I think that's the thing where it says that memory of as useless as people can feel and say I live quite close to a couple of bridges over a river and hear about helicopters out and police closing the bridges and stuff like that. Um, it's quite worrying how it is impacting some people, but I just say anybody that is struggling with it. It's like you've got through that thing I've said there, like you've got through every bad day you've had before. Get through today, see about it tomorrow, see what comes on and just try to find that variety and find things to do. Um, you can't do everything we've been able to do before so let's find different things you've started doing the podcast and you're saying this is what's eating up your time so you've got a day a week where you're chatting to somebody else <coughs> it's just a bit like I went out last month and got like waterproof trousers and hiking shoes and stuff like that so at the weekends like, I've not been able to go cycling much with the weather and stuff like that so I've just got hiking through the woods and like oh where will I go to this weekend I'll go here or I'll go there and it's just it's not not just about waiting for things to come back as well. It's like, what can you do? Not what can't you do? Mm. And just try to find something that works for you. But no, I mean, 
But this this lockdown started. I'm a very antisocial person anyway. Uh, I, I if you if you actually met me face to face at a show, I'd be very awkward, very quiet. So like this is why the the podcast, the Zoom thing's great for me because there's no awkwardness. Because once said once the conversation's done, I'm gonna hit end of meeting. That's it. Yeah. I don't have to think about it anymore. But even I was finding, uh, well, March I got sent home. Nineteenth of March, uh, around about June time when I was starting to do this podcast, thinking. The only person I've literally spoke to is my wife. That's <laughs> it. And I didn't... This bit that scared me about that was, I didn't mind. <laughs> I was just kind of going, <laughs> I am not missing people in all of this. But so I was like, right, I'm going to do something. Because there was no show. There's nothing. I couldn't write about anything uh, yeah. for the site. I couldn't uh, do any content, really, without watching old shows. And that became problematic, uh, depending on who was on them. And then uh, yeah. um, I was doing these Twitter polls, which was a lot of fun but uh, ate up a lot of my day because every hour oh, I didn't realise that you could schedule tweets until about the last one I did. I did four tournaments <laughs> in total uh, before I realised you could schedule them. Um, so that ate up a lot of my day and I was like, right, you know what? Well, I know how Zoom works. We'll try a podcast. And then since then, I mean, for anyone who has, has put the coin down to go onto my, my Patreon, the amount of stuff I've found from like old archives. I, I used to, I did a radio show for Monster FM. Um, I did four episodes called The Top Turnbuckle. I listened to them. I sound horrific, but it's just wrestling content. I was back in 2014. Um, and then I found, uh, I did a, had a conversation with Billy Kirkwood. I thought, right, I'll just put that on. I listened back to all these yeah. things and thinking, wow, this is all content that people might want to actually listen to. It's stuff that I'm enjoying as well. So I'm with you with finding distractions. I'm not so much a case of going outside. Uh, although once once a week, um, I, I meet up with my dad and his dog. He's got a Cocker yeah. Spaniel called Hogan. And uh, we we just do a trek, a space side. The last couple of weeks, we, we've tried to reduce it because we did like, first week was seven miles and we both felt like we were going to die. And then uh, <laughs> we, we built it up to 14 miles and then I didn't want to leave my bed for three days. And then we're, we're back down to about 12. And that's what, once a week. We're, we're both out in the outdoors. We, we chat. We watch the dogs just going nuts. And uh, you, you do. You find ways You find ways to, to keep yourself busy. And uh, like I say, you've, you've gotten through every bad day so far. Let's See, what I've found, so just you we talk about talking to people and like the limitations of it, I'm finding I'm forget, I'm, I keep forgetting words. So it's like, I try to have a normal conversation with someone. I'm either talking about work or I'm talking about COVID. It tends to be the two bits of discussion. So I was trying to explain to somebody, it's like, like talking about like food at the end of a night of a wedding. And I couldn't remember the word for buffet. And I'm somebody who's not a stranger at a buffet, but I just couldn't remember the word. So I was having to Google, was like food later on wedding, you know, at a buffet. And there's all these, and it's like all these simple words that because I'm not having proper conversations each day, my, my brain just seems to be forgetting them or maybe it's just old age or maybe it's something I should be worried about but it can be quite amazing as to how much simple day-to-day -day stuff can be so easily forgotten because the conversations end up being so limited um, but it might just be old age <laughs> So I think subconsciously I'm a bit to say I mean I, my job I have to speak to like, customer services so people yep. phone and I speak to them and before when I was in an office I would try and make those calls as quickly as possible because I didn't want to speak to anyone, because I'm quite happy to do that. <laughs> but nowadays, I'm, I'm finding myself going, oh, hello, just chatting away, and then after I put the phone down, I go, who the fuck are you? 
what have you done? <laughs> what have you become? <laughs> so, but, but uh, yeah, let, let's let's build it back up again. Um, let's talk about your love for a certain uh, wrestle shark journalist turned international <laughs> sex hero, DCT, David Campbell oh. Thompson. When did this love affair start? So my first ICW show, I said it was the Space Boys, and the main event was DCT versus Stevie Boy. And kind of watching stuff to get hyped for the show, the so the wedding between him and Viper had been the month before. And so I'd just seen the clips and stuff of it being online. And the thing I just liked about it was it was just a bit over the top. So it was like, so being somebody kind of wrestling in the early 90s, it was just a character. And it was so obvious that he wasn't this bravado, um, like sexual deviant. But it, it was playing it so well and it was so over the top. I was like, oh, I like that. I, it's a joke I can get in on. I'd just seen the show and then been at the show and it was like, it was like one of those things, it's like those moments where somebody starts chanting for somebody in somebody else's match. So, so the kind of, the famous moment of it was like Zack Ryder getting chanted for when The Rock was doing a promo at like Survivor Series 2011 and the people were all like, we want Ryder. And The Rock had to acknowledge it because they're chanting for somebody else when they were through it. So one of the matches on that show was Mickey James and that mixed tag match I think she was in, or just a match with her and Kayleigh Ray. I think I managed to put her and Kayleigh Ray for it was like a women's tournament at the time to lean towards the, the SECC in the title match. And when Mickey James was doing all the kind of like the lesbian act part of it, like the, the grabbing a crotch and licking her hand and stuff like that, everybody was chanting, oh! And it was, I was reacting. She had no idea what was going on. So I think she just thought they were reacting to it. And then when DCT came out later on, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. I said, like, oh, that was because the crowd were chanting that because that's what they do for DCT. And I was just like, I just like this. And then just like started to watch some like the polo promotions videos and like kind of just going to like the whole act. It was like this wee football team and the, the stuff they did and just seeing kind of different matches. So I'd ordered the, the purple and pink, the old t-shirt and at the time he was doing, he was doing all these kind of random merch things as well. So it's like, I got like a DCT coaster with it as well and I'd ordered the t-shirt um, which is in like my, my cupboard of figures and stuff. Um, but he sent that in, he was like, no, I'm not going to take it next year because I, I know you were looking for that. I was going to get it off on a show and I'd just never seen him at anything. Um, so he sent that through and I got that. Um, but it was just, it was just my guy. So I said, we were talking about early on about just the people you kind of feel that relatability to. And I just liked to that point because he was, he was hardly ever wrestling in any ICW shows, but he was going out and come out with polo promotions and he'd disappear again. And it was a dog thing here and there. And the story that built up with Bram and I'm kind of going after each other. And then that led to, to Shucks, the Steel Cage match. I remember being at it and being like so invested in seeing him win and seeing Viper get involved in coaching all that. And I was just, oh, this is brilliant. Um, and I was just lucky enough to meet him kind of a couple of times after, because it's like there was a show at, it's like one of the first ones I'd done at uh, one of the university ones in Glasgow. And I was chatting away with like somebody outside and then he came out and he was oh it's my only fan Stephen Louch and I got my first photo with him and at that time I was there I was on a date with a girl I'd been seeing for a couple of weeks and she was just like after it she's like 
Oh, he seems a really nice guy, and I'm like, I know him. Um, so I've just, just really nice to I just met him and seen that he was a decent person. I'm like, oh, I'm quite glad the guy I like's a decent person. And then that was just that, just kind of got more into seeing his matches and stuff. And that's the first time I went down to Target was because him and the Polos were on it. And it kind of just led on from there. And then I guess the, the high point of DCT fanship was Shugs two years ago now. Is it you? Aye. Is it last year? Aye. So, two two years know, ago, the, the years have just aye, two, aye, two, aye, so two two years back. Um, so there was a whole thing about because it's great, I kind of run a victories, and they got announced one of the big things when I started up of the draw was as I didn't want to immediately go to the DCT interview, I wanted to hold that off because I thought it just seemed too obvious. So because I was a big DCT fan, that would be the one that I would do right away. So I had in my head I would get him for like my one year anniversary. And that was the thing I'd built up. And then he won the number one contender thing. And like after the, the show, I just like messaged him and I was like, I don't care who else you do a podcast with, you do the podcast for me to be built for it. And I got all that set up. And one of the things I did try to do with the podcast with anybody I got on was just try to find a hook for it. Try to find something to make it a bit unique and a bit different. Because I knew we'd be doing a number of them. So I was like, how do I make mine different? An idea I had for it was going through his career but getting people to interact. And that's one of the ones I'm kind of most proud of is getting comments from like Simon, his best pal for life, uh, Bram, coach, people all close to him. And I was meant to get one with Jackie, which I'll, I'll lead on to. We meant to record a bit for it as well. So done that and record, it came through and recorded the podcast. And that was it. I was just getting ready for the match. But at that point, the rumours started to come out about, oh, he's leaving. And I'm like, I don't think he is. He didn't mention anything to me. He sat on my couch for like three hours. He didn't mention anything to me. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and then I was at a one-fall session. And then I was talking with Jackie, because I was trying to get Jackie to do a podcast. And he was like, we'd do one, but it would need to be the four of us in Polo Promotions. And I'm like, I'd be up for that. So I was like, well, I'd already arranged with coach. I was maybe getting coached at the end of the July. I'd already done one to the ECT. If Jackie had done for it, I would just need to get Mark. But it's like, oh, it need to be quick because these are away in September. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so this is like the Tuesday, the one session, the Tuesday before. I'm like, hey, it turns to D. And he's like, did you not tell him? And he's like, no, he doesn't know anything. And I'm like, are they winding me up? But then that whole week, I'm like, right, I'm not saying anything. So everybody's obviously, like, because Stevie Boy's obviously got a lot of fans and you got a lot of folk just like to try and wind folk up for the sake of winding folk up on Twitter and stuff like that. Or folk could just be shite opinions, really. And all weeks, so I was like, I knew he was going. So I was like, I, I, but I still wasn't, I wasn't going to give it up. I was like, I, so I'd already arranged, like, it'd been arranged for weeks to do, like, the um, streamers. See, they talk about forgetting words. The age for weeks I was going to do this because we'd done that for the Polo promotions before, and he said he'd have liked that for to have that in a title match. I thought it was his big match. So I got all that organised and got them out to people and went into the match. And it's like the reaction, the reaction that's captured at the end, and me just absolutely losing my shit was just like so so real because in my head it was away because it came it came out and then it went to go in the ring. I don't think you see it on like ICW on demand. But he went to go in the ring, he got onto the apron, but then he jumped back down, he came across and he hugged me before the match. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's away. 
as I just throw my head, he's away. So I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it and get into it. And then when he won, it's like the whole place, it's one of those, like a proper wrestling moment, is when there's a silence and then there's a roar. And that's what there was that night. It's like the whole, everybody was just like, there was that whole intake of breath. <gasps> nobody expected to see Stevie lose either. And then it was just that, and then everybody got into it. And it was like proper genuine tears that night. It's like, I can't put anything to kind of describe how that night was. It's People can say wrestling and things like that, but wrestling that makes you feel is proper something. And I was, I was out after, I was howling, crying. I was like, I can't, I'm not ashamed to say, it. it was like, that's how much that moment made me feel. And then proper, I talked to everyone about the friend you make in wrestling. And one of the big things about that night was, if you've ever been to like the, the O2 Academy, is it O2, what one is it? It's the Academy that's there. If you're ever in there, phone signal is terrible. And then I went outside and suddenly my phone was absolutely buzzing away and I'm like, what's all this? But it was like friends from all different sides of the room had all taken pictures because when DCT came out after the match and like gave me a hug after it and we both, just a real emotional moment. Everybody, like people I was really close with, I went, I know you want a picture of that. So I've got pictures from like all sides. It's like I've done a thing after it. It was like it's like four or five different pictures I've got from people, and the, all all the messages said the same thing. I know you would want a picture of that. I know you'd want a picture. Of that. I know you'd want a picture of that. And that was just a really kind of I talk about all the good things wrestling does. That's something. It's like all the people who look out for you and will do stuff for you. And it was all that. And then luckily enough, um, really good friends with Mister Mrs Wilson. Um, absolute unsung heroes of the Scottish scene and uh, Mr Wilson had got a couple of really cracking pictures one of the reaction to it and then also of like the, the hug after it and the pictures that I hold very dear because um, it was just about that so like, we were talking earlier on about kind of mental health we brought up about that it's having pictures for me are a big thing because you can look back and remember like really happy moments in your life and just the memories they bring back up and that's where I look back to that night as just being that was just, that's where wrestling made me feel and that was the absolute kind of peak, I would say, in my kind of fandom and everything. It's like the work of the, the build-up to the show and the podcast and it's like speaking with Bram on the phone. It was like really surreal. <laughs> just about trying to, it's just trying to work out what it was I was looking for. So he like phoned me and I'm like, one, I was like, couldn't remember how he had my number. <laughs> it's like, um, but he phoned me. I was like, oh, that's fine. Then he sent me like a voice message and I was like, that's like, when I listened to that kind of endearment that Bram had for DCT and um, Simon talked about him and talked with him with coach and stuff like that and then like Jackie pulling me up after it going I thought we were doing a thing and I was like well I tried to get you and was like couldn't get him so after met him after a show in Carlisle and the reception was terrible was there as well um, so knowing he'd listened to the words he had to say about it as well and just all build up and in the match and like I knew at that point I thought I'm not going to get to enjoy it for long so I'll just enjoy it for as long as I can and my one thing I do kind of regret is I don't have a picture of him with a belt, with me. I never got that. I would left it because I, I don't like to kind of encroach. That's all my friend. Like, I could go on him and I'll speak to him in person and stuff like that. I've never tried to be his friend, like a proper pal pal. It's like I've got a friendly relationship, but I'll leave it at that. So I didn't want to be the guy going, actually, could you meet me before the show and could I get a picture of you with a belt type of thing? I just thought that was kind of overreaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish I had because that would be kind of that's just like that's, that's the ultimate prize to Scottish wrestling was the, was the ICW title and 
everything it done for it and where it, where it was at that stage still as well. Uh, but that's one of the great back in that moment and everything that led up to it. Um, it's just everything that's good about wrestling, I think, and all the good things it's brought to me. And I do have those pictures printed out and where my desk is now, it's just coincidence from where I moved my room about, but that's where they were on my wall. Um, so I've got them next to my desk at the moment, They're next to a problematic Will Osprey print me, um, <laughs> Helen Abushi, and things like that that you have to move about. It's like, it's like an anime print. It used to be, it was like on the wall behind me, so I had to move that. Because it just looked a bit dodgy. Two kind of topless anime Japanese guys are in on a Zoom call. So I've now got it's like Oasis single covers and then a colour print of some cows on Aaron. Um, it just looks a bit more professional than my anime wrestling. It's <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, when I had a work Zoom call, uh, work Microsoft Teams thing, I had to move yeah. my belts from behind me because I thought... <laughs> I, I Everyone knows I'm a big wrestling fan, but I don't want yeah. to... Because it'll go two ways. Half of them, all right, three quarters of them will look and go, what a fucking child. And the other, the, the last quarter will go, pretty, pretty fucking cool, actually. Kind of, kind of want to go in them, to be honest. <laughs> and I'll just be sitting there going, yes, I've got belts. Um, but yes, speaking <laughs> of, of your, like your guy, I, I think when I started doing this podcast, I think a lot of people are surprised that my first guest wasn't Aspen Faith. Because he is he is my guy. He's the he's yeah. the one he's the only I think he's the only wrestler in Scotland Scottish wrestling that's made me cry because uh there was a Regal Rumble uh, at WrestleZone that I was convinced he was gonna win. I had no reason to think why he was gonna win. I was just absolutely convinced he was gonna win this match. That was it. He was down to the final three. I thought this is it, he's definitely gonna win. And then in a in a moment and I, I could hear him. I could see in my mind again. He uh, jumped on the apron and then, com- commonly, comically, slipped and fell out, and was out. Yeah. And I just looked at my, I, I looked at, at Kelly. I was looking at her, going, "I thought he was going to win." And she looked at me, went, "Are you crying?" <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm not, I'm not crying. I thought he was going to win." <laughs> but no, it's just it's that it's, it's that moment to get you. It's, it's what what keeps us sticking around even after everything goes on. It's those moments that bring you back and, and keep you It's an it. emotional investment. And there can be different people will be for different people. And there's some people, I've never seen it, won't name the names, but there's, so there's, there's people who have just never been for me at all. And I know large numbers of people have said they're not for them either. And some people are like, how can you get a reaction like that on that show? But you see it on this other show and it's like the crowd is nothing, nothing for them. Um, and it's just that affection and things that build up. And there is people that you will see and you'll get really into and you want to see do well. And probably there is some people who let things go for more than others. But that happens across life as well. It's like if you're, if you're one of your best friends you ever grew up with does something, you will be on, you will you'd be more supportive of them than you would be a complete stranger doing something and things like that. And it is, again, it's, it's, everybody's got their own different things in life and what they can and can't do or where lines are, etc. But I think you just need to really, it's about the good things. And if you're, if you can watch a rumble and be nearly in tears at the end of it, and but it's the same way if you watch a really good film, we watch something and the character you've only seen for an hour and a half, you're like, you'll keep crying at the end because, you got so into it. Um, so it's just about, it's a, it's a good thing that makes you feel something that, to that level rather than um, 
it'd be the other way of mm. you don't care. Oh yeah, the worst thing you come out is coming out of a show and feel and feeling nothing. You gotta feel something, some way. I've just I've just realised my why my cable looks so weird because I've got my cable in the wrong way around. I think because I never use the cable because I only use these headphones for listening to stuff. But yeah, I've got my microphone bit down by the iPad, whereas you've got it there. Well, that makes more sense. It should be coming out of the earphone, and then oh, other earphones. Uh, you've got that. Beats on as well. Is that? Is ah. <laughs> Ah, right, okay. Yeah, I just thought... <laughs> it's it's got got it. All right. So the audio may go out for a, a second or two while uh, Stephen is doing that. Um, I think we're going to speak about... I've got some other things on my list. I think it's the first time looking up. But uh, we'll get back on in a second. Sorry for that moment of silence, everyone, but uh, that shouldn't make much more sense. Um, I... I just way really talking like the iPad's got decent sound if I was just doing it straight to that, but um you sound louder. That makes much more good. sense. Yeah. Aye, aye, because it was down there, but aye. Right. So <laughs> <we'll> start again. <laughs> <laughs> we're, about, we're about an hour and a half in. No. <laughs> we're gonna get going. um, <laughs> right. So you're one you're one of the, well, the only people I know that that well that's gonna be in this series. I should tell I've got other wrestlers coming up. But you've been at a wrestling match. That's what I'm getting. I'm trying to bandy my way to. You're part of the Reckless Rumble. Rumble. <laughs> you are on our site in our stats as being uh, having zero wins and one loss on Reckless Intent in 2018, Wait. was it? Or 2019? Uh, how was that? 17-18, some of them. How was that? <laughs> Um, I suppose I'm kind of away enough from wrestling. I can kind of proper. I've never really told the proper story of this out in public. Um, but I had always been so like I'd done the podcast at that time, and um, I'd done a show with me with, with, uh, with Mikey about reckless and its history, and was always really into that. I really really enjoyed going to reckless. Um, it's a really fun show. Livingston's about half an hour drive. Done by nine o'clock, really good tuck selection, chili and all that always made me feel really welcome. And it's a really good place to go and could go with Paul, Michelle and Jared, etc. It was always kind of staple place to be on a Saturday night. Um, I actually came, I'd missed one of their shows because they were running the same night as Target. So I was driving up the road and got a text message from um, Mikey and it's mentioned about that this idea to be for me they're going to do a raffle and then because of the talk of the draw side of things that I would win it and at first I was like no I was like no I've just it's not it's not I've never been about like I talked earlier on about podcasting the time and that most of the time I spend on it is cutting out me talking because there'll be stories you tell to get a story out to somebody else but I'll cut out my story because that's not what I was wanting anybody to hear so I've always been very conscious about not making, trying not to make things about myself. So I was like, no. And then I seen him the next day at Discovery and um, he was playing a bad guy there. So we're having a wee kind of clandestine conversation at the back and he's like, no, we've got this idea for it. But I was like, right, if I was to do it, I'm not hitting anybody because I don't, there's no way for him to get heat back in me. So I don't want to take away from anything. It's like, if I do it, it need to be I don't want to make a wrestler look bad if they can't do anything back to me. Um, so it's like, no, oh, no, I kind of talked about it. And then it went quiet for ages. And I thought, 
ah, maybe it's not happening. And then it was like the week before that, they were like, oh, kind of, I was like, hey, what do you need me to do? Da, come to the school and do you need me to go run through anything with anybody or anything like that? And I ended up being, <clears throat> so no, no, just come along, like, come through for, like, show start like half six, come through for about five, we'll talk you through what needs to be done. And I'm shy because I've, I've been in a ring for a picture, but I've never been near a rope. I'm like, how did I get myself out of a rumble? So the kind of idea for it was myself, it was, I'd envisioned it as being like the Drew Carey spot. Mm-hmm. So he basically turns, he gets in, but what do I do? Sees a scary wrestler, and then I would climb out, climb over the ropes and then climb back down and then jump out. Um, but like, no, we don't want you climbing the ropes in case you fall or that. I was like, all right. So I was trying to think of a way to do it. So basically just the idea was to be able to go in. There was the three guys from Divinity and it would just be, you see them kind of try to interact a wee bit and then go out. But it was like, I never chatted to them before it. I had a chat with Jam O'Malley and that was it. So I'm going into this. So basically went in and it was like, right, this is where you go. You wouldn't tell me exactly what number it'll be. They'll, they'll call it out. You'll have your raffle ticket and then you'll go in and that'll be you. All right, I was expecting to run through it. No, no, that's fine. Come back at half six. So I had like no interaction at all. I, never, I didn't know who was going to be in the ring at the same time. I didn't know what anybody was going to do. I didn't know how they were going to react to whatever I did. Because it could have been easy for somebody to go, like if I tried to do something, they think I'm taking the piss and then they decide to strong arm me out of there. So I tried to play it quickly. It was like, come up with an idea. It's like, oh, try to give them money. But I had like no money on me. So I had like pound coins. So it was like, found Mr. Wilson, they got a picture in my hand with a pound of coins to try, so I was trying to bribe them. And then I just looked back at them, but uh, Delson's just so good. I looked back at him, but he had his total like death stare on, and I'm like, I don't know if he's in character death staring me, or if for real he's just going to punch fuck at me if I don't get out of the ring right now. So at that point, I went over and went to jump down, and then I just fought in the spot of telling, because I know uh, like Chris Quinn, the referee, I've known since I was, say, 14, 15, um, we went to the same school, I was friends with his brother, etc. So I'd just done a thing with him. I was like, oh, look up there. And he looked around and that's where I jumped down. And it was like, oh, you've been, um, it's like, it's been eliminated. Um, but I do always kind of joke about the fact that I was never actually eliminated because I went through the middle rope. So I'm, I'm technically still in that match. But um, I, it's, a, it's a cool wee thing it saves. Like I, I, was, I never class it as properly being in a match because I wasn't involved. I've never been trained. I've got like, all the respect in the world for everybody who does it properly and all that. So I've never went about and like never used it as like an icebreaker or anything or tried to talk about, oh, I was in this match or tried to big myself up with it. I was in, it was a funny moment. The crowd all chanted the raffle number. It was like 469, 469, 469. Um, and it was, it was just that funny moment. Um, I got to do it and I've never kind of had the passion to want to go and learn how to do it and do it properly, etc. But I felt I was able to go in and do it. Didn't show up anybody, the wrestlers in the ring. So again, I didn't want to be doing anything that would make, because they again, couldn't do anything back to me. And then I made myself look like a shite bag by jumping out. And I was way back to my seat. And then I got like pictures taken afterwards with the Wilsons. And um, I've got that. And that's kind of a moment that if ever anything randomly came up, I could talk about it. And it's a funny story, but... I would never class it as being a match. Because it was funny, it came up the other day, it was like the... <clears throat> I've got a screenshot of when, it was, when I was in your stats, like the stats for the year. Um, 
and it was just it came up my Facebook memories the other day of just having the picture up. But I, I don't, I've never ever tried to say that I properly had a match or anything like that because I wasn't anything involved in it. But I was, I was involved in it. I call it more like a funny moment on a show uh, that I was able to get involved in. Um, but that's as close as I want to get to actually having to do anything properly because having stood in a ring, they're fucking solid. Um, so the idea of throwing myself in about uh, my age with my back already, nah, it's not happening. But uh, it's, it's one of those, it's a, it's a fun wee story to kind of talk about and have that memory of, but um, I, I, I don't class it properly as being a match myself. I, I can kind of sympathise, well, they sympathise with you because I talk about it all the time, but I was, uh, <laughs> I had my, my, my wrestling experience and that was that was just a, a wee talking bit, um, but I got, I was the heel, so I could be an arsehole, um, but now that you're saying that, that they couldn't get out of the back of me, I, I realised, well, my, my one moment that's on YouTube was uh, I was in charge of ring announcing a match and right. I, I it was Lumberjacks and I knew all the names. They're like, oh, do you need it written down? I know all these, mm-hmm. they're fine. So I announced all the heels, amazingly, if I do say so myself. And then I proceeded to pretend to forget all the faces' names as they came out. And I just realised when you said that there was no way of getting heat back, how much of a Aye. dick I looked. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going there, going. Uh, coming out is um, Mr. News, baby. I don't know. Next Aye. one, uh, but yeah, that's that's my my credit moment. Anyone who's watching the video feed may have seen me have a moment of panic because Brewdog <laughs> seemed to shake their tins, even though they've been still for 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 uh, last five months. Because when you started your store, I opened up a tin and it proceeded to explode all over my desk here. So um, <laughs> that's fine. I'll, I'll say that's the reason why my store went on so long. I've just given you the time to clean up, but I didn't even notice it. <laughs> I know. I had, had a towel because the first one I opened before we recorded, it did the exact same. So uh, this this last one I've got unopened might stay unopened for a little bit longer. <laughs> I'll just talk. That gives, gives me an opportunity to say to anyone instead of buying Brewdog, why don't you buy a, William, a Williams Brothers beer? Because um, my dad works for the brewery and they do a cracking selection of stuff. And I've just had a Pavlov's dog, was the drink I had at the start of the night. And that didn't fizz up everywhere. So 1 0 to Williams Brothers over Brewdog. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> this, this, this is the first one I've had, this Clockwork Tangerine. It's quite nice, though. I had that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's quite nice. Quite surprised. But anyway, this isn't a beer podcast. Uh, when <laughs> when are you setting up? I was asked to ask you this uh, by Grant McIver. When is the Gladiators podcast coming? Oh, this has been. We talked about it. It's probably about this time last year. And I do need to get it up and going because Grant did get me the link to um, the, the YouTube. Um, like the series link of all the different Gladiators episodes but I guess it's kind of came down to like, as I said at the start I just like podcasting in person so if I was going to do it I'd prefer to watch like meet Grant once a month watch like four episodes and then just record their thoughts and how we would go into it but I do have I've got a Twitter account for it I've got a, an account on Anchor for it I've got an email address for it for questions to come in so I've done all that and I've done that then within like 20 minutes even suggesting it I just went straight away and went boom 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 did all the things that needed to be done so it's then ready to go um, ideally I get it just like in person uh, but I will grant we will get I went on about it for that long it needs to happen um, so I will get Mr MacGyver and um, 
because inspiration was towards his really random gear that showed up one time on the JJ creation site. And like, why has Grant McIver got a new set of ring gear that seems to have a bralette top to it? Yeah, I thought it was Angel Pace's gear. At first, I sort of looked and thought, that, that can't be right. As one of them like, immediately goes into the group chats going, that can't be right. And then later on, later on found out it was meant to be like a gladiator type outfit. I was like, no, that just looked like it should be Angel Hayes, Ashley Vega type. <laughs> One of them, especially at the cover scheme and stuff as well, just didn't look. So I've got that one. Not, well, it's not seen a lot of day yet. So maybe if we do the podcast, it would be good free advertising to now he's a WWE Network superstar. Um, exactly. So it'll be, be form, <laughs> former pro wrestler Stephen Louch and uh, and current <laughs> don't, don't even <laughs> for, 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 former podcaster. Um, <laughs> But I think the podcast, so I've got those different ideas of things I would like to do. So there's another one that I had in plan um, that I've got everything saved away for. So that's my thing. If I get an idea for it, I'll go away and I can get all the groundwork stuff. Because the last thing you'd want to do is then when you decide to do it, that you find the name you wanted away or the Twitter handles away or things like that. So I've got a couple of ideas of things to go to in the future. Um Things I probably should have done during the pandemic, but I guess it's been a case of surviving over thriving for a lot of the time. Uh, but yes, Grant, we will get it sorted. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm annoyed why I have to call this show the Untitled Wrestling Podcast by SWN, because I did the, the logo in June, and then some <laughs> absolute arsehole set up a podcast called the Untitled Wrestling Podcast in July. And I was like, no, I made this logo, <laughs> you dick. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, they didn't use the same logo, thankfully, but I thought, no, no, I have made this logo. I'm keeping the name. You can fuck off <laughs> if you're going to come for me for it. No, it's mine. Um, it's a, that's the thing with podcasts. Is there's so many things. And kind of my pet hate shows is just somebody goes, oh, like if it's like the Stephen Lout show. And I'm like, that's just doesn't tell me anything of what I'm going on about. And I didn't come up with Tuck of the Draw. That was uh, Gary Henderson that done some ring announcing at uh, PBW back in the day. Um, I was trying to come up with ideas of puns for like uh, like for like raffles and we tuck, and it was just that play on uh, luck of the draw being tuck of the draw. Uh, so I've always got Gary to thank for the, the name of it. Um, but I, so, there's so many things out there so that you get an idea because I've seen the like the major wrestling figures podcast um, got caught out because they done it's like made the figs be with you or something like that and it turned out there was a Star Wars podcast already called that and had to like take down their t-shirts and stuff like that because it was already there so as the market gets more and more cloudy it is going to be harder to find unique names that you can use so I definitely go for it before it goes so, so it'll be guest number three I think yeah three because um, I'm, kind of, I'm doing them when I, I've got way too many interviews backed up and like I say Aye. The ones I've got at the moment aren't coming out until February, <laughs> so so uh, may as well just fill the gaps in with with yourselves. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a whole lineup. I can't believe it. As, as I said before, I've got a recording with Scotty Swift, which we've already done five hours of chatting already. I have no idea how this other one is going to go, and it's it's one of those ones <laughs> where I'm like, all right, we don't have to speak about wrestling, so we're gonna, well, we are we're going to speak about Raw in 1993 because I've never watched it, and he was right in the middle of it, and I was like, all right, yeah. we'll speak about Raw in '93. And then I told him that it was going to be uncensored. Like, I was going to put it in and it is explicit. And he was like, oh. And I could just tell from that it was, well, <laughs> we're going to get into some shit that we're going to go on about. <laughs> so I'm very scared. And uh, 
interested to see how that's going to go. Um, speaking of Tuck, you're a big fan of Tuck. I was going to have some available, but I, I it's a pet hate of mine listening to podcast people eating. I'm probably not helping. <laughs> I'm not helping when I'm drinking on the podcast uh, either. But um, <laughs> what is your what is your Tuck of choice when going to a show? So, I think I think the best thing for a show is about having selection. So it's like if you go to some places and there's like next to nothing available. So I like people that put an effort into it. So Reckless was always a favourite because you would have you would have crisps, you would have different flavours of crisps as well. It wasn't just the one. So you'd have different flavours of walkers. And then Julie would make up lots of different like tuck bags of like jelly sweets. There'd be a lot of variety. And then there would be different bars of chocolate and then there was hot drinks if somebody wanted that. And then the did a stage we were doing some like hot food and stuff. Um, so I think that's the kind of it's about having a variety and there's some shows you go to that just don't have anything um, try to think the one there was a show we went to at Source it wasn't one of the normal venues it was more in the kind of west of the south side I can't remember what the name of it but there was like there was more people wrestling than there was in the crowd it wasn't the most attended night and it was a good laugh it was a real, one of those fun shows it was like uh Mikey about last year stopped in the middle of the match and started having a conversation with our group just about things that were going on. But that had an amazing tuck selection that night. It was like um, refresher bars and all the different types of crisps, like proper crisps and like your cheap crisps, like your five and ten pence ones. Um, but I just think as long as you've got juice, you've got crisps, good jelly sweets and chocolate, if that's your way, you can't really go wrong. So you could have something at the start and then something else as you go through. Um, Trying to get that other... The, the great tuck selections um, PWE um, down in uh, the shows in air um, Lionheart's promotion they always had cracking it was like his parents so they would have like a really good mix of the mix up bags and crisps and juice and stuff and then there's the random places where you're having to take your own bag in it was like going to BCW the first BCW show I went to in East Cobride was the first time I really went to a show with like Paul Michelle and they brought me like a bag of tucks. So they'd have like, like almost like one of like the big bags for life, but it'd have like six packs of crisps and all these things and all that. And you'd get your wee amount um, passed along to you. Um, but that's the kind of the secret of good tuck is just having a selection and a mix of stuff so that you can decide that it might feel like this. That you're not just feeling like I need to buy that because that's all they've got. You go to some place and it's only got iron brew, got salt and vinegar walkers and Mars bars. Now nah, you've lost me. I'm away home. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Could well, uh, this is a, a very much a bit of a tangent, but um, when you speak about autism right at the start, my brother's got autism and uh, he's he's a younger brother, two years younger than me. Uh, he's got right. autism and learned disabilities and, and what have you. So uh, our thing is going to wrestling uh, when it was on up here because. Uh, I don't know if he's enjoying himself, but he's rocking back and forth and clapping. So I'm assuming that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but his his diet, so his diet, he's, he's very particular what he'll have. So crisps is fine. That's yeah. a, a staple for every show really you go to. But the juice is the bit that always catches people out because you can only have purple juice. Right. Um, it worked once when I went to Rock and Wrestle in, in Forest because it was so dark. I gave him a passion fruit one and it was so dark he didn't even notice. But uh, it was just the, it was the colour. It has to be purple. So we kind of fall into a bit of a problem because it's always tinned fizzy juice, diet coke, cola, uh, iron brew, like you say. And uh, I just have to just plug with chip, uh, crisps until 
and uh, it's fine. Just hope to God you don't need to juice or want juice. Yes, you're we're, we're stuck at this point. Uh, but yeah, more shows should do jelly sweets like your your uh, what was it friendship rings and Haribo yeah. and because that I mean I'm a lot farter than I was back when I was younger, but that used to be my favourite thing. Go to football practice was the ten p bag. It should be the football, but the the ten p bags <laughs> of of uh, of sweets at the at the yeah. tuck stand. Oh man. But yeah, if when the shows come back, go to Booker's or, or Costco, invest companies. Yeah, if you invest in that, it's about the whole experience. It's not just about the show, it's that whole experience. It's like the one of the last shows so like this year, I still managed, like, even though shows stopped at like the end of February, I still managed six shows before the start of the, before everything shut down. Um, and one of the last ones was uh, at PBW in Larbert. And they were doing, I got like a box of Jaffa cakes, it was for like a quid. <laughs> so I go back to my seat with like a packet of Jaffa cakes and I was like this is amazing um, so it's like just things like that it's like it doesn't take much these days so even going to like Raiden Poundland and things like that it's like everything's there like you don't need to spend like over the top but you could sell you could buy like a multi-pack of Haribo so you get just like I, what I really like about Haribo as well is I use them a lot for cycling so I can stick a couple of the, like the snack bags in my back pocket with my gels and stuff and that gives me a wee bit of fuel when I'm out and about. It's just something, it's like a wee instant burst of sugar. But you can get, say like, you can get a kilo bag of that for a fiver. It's got like 100 bags in it. So if you sell every bag in that for, say, 50, 40 pence or 50 pence, you're making like five, six times your money. And that's the money they'll make back. And then people get that and it's a whole experience. Like, how many people go to the cinema just so they can get popcorn? It's like, it's part of the whole experience. Like, if you go to a show, it's like, oh, you get your sweets and stuff as well. And, it's it's not just about give people a seat and put stuff on in the ring. You've got to give a whole experience of a night for people. Um, that goes back to where we were talking earlier about how long you watch stuff. See when wrestling comes back, can we stop having shows that finish after like nine, half nine at night? Because you know yourself, like for where, for where you stay, right? So you're at the kind of extreme side of it, right? But say, for example, say a show in Glasgow. If anybody wants to get anywhere outside of Glasgow, you're struggling after 10 o'clock because it's not just about your train to where you're going. It's about if you need to connect. So like the guys in Edinburgh need to get to Edinburgh, but then you need to get home from centre of Edinburgh to where they stay. And that's going to be a bus or something like that that they need to go through from there. So I'm lucky where I stay in Larbert is that I've got trains to go Glasgow and Edinburgh direct and are like 25 minutes away. But if you take into consideration the travel, it's like a show doesn't need to be three hours long to get value for money. It's like, how many films do you see in the cinema are two hours long? And that's perfectly acceptable. It's like you don't need to have an eight-hour show to try and justify it. Have a shorter show that's more enjoyable, that people don't get fed up sitting on these shitty plastic seats, that they can go and enjoy, spend the money in other ways, spend more time with the talk and have a bigger break or more time at the start or at time after the show. Because if you've got people sitting in solid plastic seats for three hours, the minute they finish, they want to get up and get out the door. Well, so you could have a two and a half hour show, have a 20 minute break in the middle, and then leave, finish 10 minutes at the end where you could get people doing signings and stuff like that that make people want to stand about and spend money. Don't chase people away with discomfort. A discomfort comes with an empty stomach, so sort out your top tables. And the same thing is like, you can have your big shows, but keep that as your. I mean, I think yeah. WWE back in their day, they had their big four. I mean, 
yeah. uh, WrestleZone up here, they have their big four, and they, they're a bit more longer shows because they usually have a guest or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, what I love about well, W3L come to Elgin, but they always do afternoon shows, which is wonderful. So they, they, oh, they start at one, yes. they end at half three <laughs> at the very latest, and then I can go home. I'm a 10-minute walk home. It's the yeah. the best best time because it's like I would love to go to Discovery purely because their shows are afternoon shows. So yeah, also you, you finish at like seven o'clock and you're, you're, you can be home and you're not home late at night. So there's been times it's like going down to Target. So Target will generally finish now. They moved their shows earlier so they can finish earlier. So it facilitates more, not even just for the the fans getting home, but the wrestlers. So you think how far they need to travel after having been in the ring and all kind of come down that must come down from that and like we are adrenaline and stuff like that. They've got to then drive home. So the guys in Target, if the guys are up from say Norwich, they'll be on first so they can leave early so they're getting home at a decent time. But there's been times where I've been to Target and I've got up the road and I've got home before people have got home from shows in Scotland. And that's a two hours, 20 odd drive for me to get back up the road from Carlisle. And I could still be home well before midnight, whereas I could go to an ICW show and I won't be home till like quarter to one in the morning because by the time I leave, get the train, get all that, it's like shows that run on forever. So yeah, two and a half hour shows, finish before half nine. And After, afternoon food. shows when possible. After Afternoons as well. So again, I do understand not to, there's a kind of... I don't know, I'm trying to think, the demographic of wrestling is it does have a lot of people working kind of retail type roles and involves a lot of weekend working, etc. So I understand why you go for the evenings, why maximise the people who can go. But at the same time, there is people who would go if it finished earlier. So many people have said to me they've not went to shows because at late finishes, etc. They've got work in the morning, need to get home for their kids and stuff like that. Why couldn't it be half five to half eight or half, or five, half five to nine even? Why not go that hour earlier? It makes a big difference at the other side of it. But I do like a wee afternoon. Because, again, to me, we've got the football and stuff as well. It just feels like that. So I go at lunchtime, I'm home by tea time, and I've got my evening back. And then, especially if I'm working on a Monday, you want to be able to relax. And it isn't that feeling that you're up late because you're still hyper. And then you, your Monday starts off in a shit start. You've got that evening to calm down, relax, and then... Sound like an old man, but get to my bed at a decent time. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm up at the other end. I'm not actually at the shows, but I'm the same because I, I obviously I was doing results chasing for wrestle ropes, and then for myself yeah. when the when that they had to close uh, just because work and just work, didn't have the time to do everywhere in the UK. So I just transferred every, all the Scottish stuff to me, um, and sitting there on Sundays going right, I've got half of the results here. I'll wait. I'll wait for the other half. And I could be sitting there quarter to midnight going, jeez, I'd message someone going, oh, have you got the results yet? I'll get it when, when, when I get home. And I'm like, why are you not home yet? <laughs> it's midnight. Hi. Why are you not home? <laughs> Go home. It's Sunday. <laughs> and they're like, no, I've got, I've got to wait for a train and then wait for it. I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't. I, that gives, just gives, that stresses me out. And I'm 300, 400 Hi. miles the other way. <laughs> just going, yeah. nah. That can do it. No, but um, there's, there's so many more things that you'd be able to travel and get to if it was an earlier start and earlier finish. But it's a day, a day out, whereas you're having to take a day's holiday because you won't get any travel but past a certain time um, to get anywhere. Um, so, I earlier shows, shorter shows. Let's just put the world tonight. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that seems like a good kind of 
way to wrap it up as we're as we're fixing pro wrestling. <laughs> Just going right, better tuck, <laughs> shorter shows, earlier shows, and uh, no wrongings. Yeah, pretty much well, covers, covers the bases. Um, and more just people accepting things are not for them than saying stuff shite all the time. Because or, if it's shite, then... Uh, they can slag them if they want. I would slag them as well. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen them once since they came back from Australia. Um, it's at a Discovery show. Um, so I don't even know how he is these days. Um, but I, I just... I think... Just, cause I, I guess I was saying there about it, it's like but people say things rubbish. So we put so much time and effort into wrestling. Um, to then, if you take a step back and go, why am I putting so much time and effort into something if I think it's terrible? Then find something else. Don't feel guilty or stuck to anything that we do in life, be it wrestling, be it football. If you've only got one thing and you all you feel is you're talking negative about it, then open up your kind of horizons and look at different stuff. And you can go away and you can come back. It's like the average lifespan of a wrestling fan I read years ago was something like three years. So, like people like ourselves who've been into it for decades, we are the exception. It's like people touching it out. It's like you, how many people we talked to. Oh, I used to like it. I watched this and watched that. But people who into wrestling since the day one and keep at it, we're the exceptions. There's so many people who will just put their hands up and say it's not for me anymore, and it's not. There's nothing wrong with dipping out and then dip back in when it's better for you. Um, but if you just get too attached to anything. And especially in years like this, if you oh, if you only had wrestling and you lost that, then it leaves a lot of space. And when you leave yourself space and time, it just think and overthink things. So when it gets dangerous, have a variety. Get a bike. Get a dog. Try something else. Try a different tele series. Go out and do something. That's and um, the more things you've got, the harder it is to fall down because you've got more things to catch you. Um, but things will come back, and there will be shows. There will be shows forever. It might take a bit long maybe a few years before we can talk about it in the way that many of us did for years or seen all these outlandish characters and things like that. But it'll come in time. The scene's got a good base of well-trained guys with good looks. So guys and girls, I say guys is kind of the catch-all for everybody. But there's some really talented people out there with a lot of passion from it's like the stuff that I talked earlier on just to kind of finish off just some of the highlights of things I've learned through podcasting. Is so like Dean Ford, that was a two partner that we'd done months apart because we wanted to talk about the start of doing like the holiday caps versus how he was at the end of it. And he's seen just a total change in the way he spoke about it and that Ian's wrestling just for that couple of months. Things like all the work that Ian Skinner does away from beside the scenes and the ones when I've done talking about all the different promotions and the histories. And we talked to guys like Coach Trip talking about like all the years where they had to go down to Coventry to wrestle. And now you could have like four shows on a night within like 15 miles of each other. You can have all these different shows on at the same time. To see the up and coming guys, it's like just from the guys I've checked over the last year, it's like Craigers and Craig Anthony's and uh, Logan Smith's and Jason Reed's, like stuff I did with them and Grant, etc. I'm looking through here and I'm like, God, nearly everybody I've spoke to over the last few years now appearing on the WWE network. Just to like kind of um, like just give you blow your blow smoke up your ass to just for lack of a better term the <laughs> two parter you did with Andy Wilde, Jason the Fife Delight, uh, Johnny Lyons, yeah. Jason Reed, and, and Andy Wilde were, were just some of them just because you don't hear Johnny Lyons on podcasts no. and it's just he was a fucking riot. <laughs> just it, no, it, it, 
I had no idea what a podcast was. When I got in the car, they were like, there's just this guy. Um, so I, that's probably a good that's probably a good point to finish on because again, a couple of things I said there was about well, the ones I've tried to have tried to be different. And that was J- Jason Reed's idea about coming in the car, I'll get you into the show, we'll cut the kids a just while we're travelling, kind of on the road type thing. So I had no idea how it was going to work. We basically got in the car, try to work out how it was going to record it. So it ended up just me holding my tripod and kind of jumping between the guys. And I'd no idea. I'd never really heard the Johnny. I'd seen like uh, Jason tweeting about him and Andy and stuff, but it was just this unknown to somebody. Most I'd seen so much wrestling in Central Scotland, but I had no knowledge of W3L, no knowledge of WrestleZone, and just getting in the car just straight away is just such a big character. And it was that, and again, we talk about we talked about the effort, and it's like the noise of like, the car here because it was like December. So the car heaters on the full way and the noise of that, tip, like can't have the radio on and just all the different stories that come out. And he didn't know me, but he just opened up straight away. So there's, immediately it's just him telling stories where we went to get Andy. And I was like, oh, this guy's just brilliant. But then when we got to the show, so I'd went in and I was just myself because I didn't really know anybody up there. Um, and then when he came out, because I'd only seen him in the car in the dark, he like came out and he like ran up to me and like hugged me in the chair, and I didn't click who it was. I was like, "Why is this wrestler just hugged me?" And I didn't realise it was him until he got in the ring, because I'd, I'd seen him just in like his jeans and a jumper and a jacket and stuff. And the next minute he's just in his trunks running out and grabbing me. Um, but I, that was just it was such a good laugh because you could just see amongst those three just the absolute love and respect they've got for each other. Um, and all the things they've done and just how their whole attitude about wrestling just wanting to go out and perform and really just the whole fun and the camaraderie side of wrestling and everything that came out you see all the work they're doing with FPWA and how innovative that's been so he might be no longer wrestling but he's still going to be leaving a big mark there um, so that was you talking about it and then I jumped over it <laughs> Sorry, no, it's all like this it's cropped up in a, a first couple of episodes because kind of speaking to a lot of the FPWA guys I pretty much just asked them what's what's it like training with Johnny because <laughs> I've, I've had the exact same experience where I've they used to do uh, shows outside Union Square um, well they still well they did but they, they do and they run up to Aberdeen Anarchy they usually do a show outside Union Square and I tried to make it first couple of years I went for the whole day uh, and then, then I got a, a girlfriend and then a wife. So now we go for part of it. <laughs> I kind of get left there while she goes into Union Square and looks at stuff. And yeah. uh, I walked past and uh, it was with Faith versus Johnny Lyons. And as soon as I walked past, I looked up and Johnny spotted me, jumped out the ring, over the barrier, ran up <laughs> to me and just went, Billy Strachan! <laughs> I was just like... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it's just that and uh, this is cinema tales. Uh, they, oh, they, I can still, I can, st- I can still hear them and recount them in my head. Just his <laughs> his tales of going to the cinema. Uh, but yeah, we, we've hit two hours. I think we've hit bang on two hours now. So I think I'm going to leave you for the rest of the yeah. evening. Uh, I think we've probably got enough to speak about just between the two of us that we'll when I have uh, untitled slots in again next year. I'm sure we'll we'll catch up and hopefully there's some shows to speak about at that point as well um so before oh, well, just so well done to anybody who's listened to it to this point um because again we'll try and keep it an hour and then we could just end up rattling on and 
Uh, no, but I really enjoyed that. So cheers for having me on. Yeah, well, we fixed wrestling. So if, if anyone's listening, yeah, so we, we, we fixed it in the last <laughs> half an hour. It's all, it's all fixed. <laughs> Um, so where can people find you on social media if you want people to find you? I'm being a very early adapter to social media. I've made it very easy to get all my things that I wanted to. So I've always tried to keep myself accountable online. So all my social media is just my name. So it's uh, Twitter and Instagram are both just uh, Stephen Louch, or Stephen with a PH, and Louch is L-O-U-C-H, no underscores or dashes, etc. Um, Facebook's just really for people I know in real life. So just stick to Twitter, which at the moment is mostly football chat because there's not very much else to talk about. And Instagram is generally pictures of my adventures or you can follow my Instagram story to see my year of 37 when I do a picture of every day. Um, so before I forget that, I just need to take a picture of his chat on oh, screen. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there, there. <laughs> Make that awkward for Ed Ola said. There's a big silence. I'm not, I'm not kind of, I don't edit. I'm not editing. I'm uh, to. That's fine. If anybody's listened to this point, they can listen to that five seconds while I took a picture of my iPad. It's, um, a, it's, it's the new five second pose. You just have to, you just have to pay three pounds <laughs> to go to the Patreon to see it. So that's, that'll be it. Uh, but yeah, thank uh, I, you. I, I, I could, I could use flash photography because I've done this whole thing in a polo shirt and I'm just sitting in my boxers because my jeans were getting too hot earlier on. So that could be your flash photography, but I've thankfully kept it above board for now. <laughs> I know, I'll, I'm in my pyjamas. I just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm super professional. I put on a... a if, I, if I've got a wrestler that I know that I've got merch of... I mean, I'm only wearing this Jack Jester one because I spoke to the boy from WrestleKind yesterday. So I'm just like still wearing this one out. Uh, but yeah, I, I just like... Professional, professional joggers, shorts, pajamas, and like that. <laughs> anyway, we're, I think we're just going to end up rambling for an hour, so I will call Aye. it at this point. No, Brian, thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, like I say, hopefully we'll get part two sometime in the future. Right. Uh, cheers for that.